Now, uh, help me out, Blaster. Transform and play something uh, nice. And now, a nice and nifty musical selection for easy listening. <laughs> Hold on to your dancing shoes and go, man, go! One shall stand, one shall fall. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall, a Transformers TCG podcast broadcasting live from an underground bunker in the middle of the murky Midlands. I want to boot some Decepticon right in his turbocharger. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down, Cliff Jumper. Wow. Seriously, put that gun down. You're going to kill somebody in this studio. Goodness. Right. Anyway, I'm your uh, host, Lee, from Blue Top Productions. And uh, today, I have a motley crew of people to talk everything about Transformers the TCG. That's right. The trading card game based on the cartoon from the 80s. This podcast will talk about news about the Transformers the TCG, new releases, deck profiles, and stuff that's happening in the community. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. One shall stand, one shall fall. What's up, guys, and welcome to Bleep Up Productions, and welcome to another episode of One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall. The one and only... That's right, Transformers TCG podcast on the airwaves. We are a voice for you guys in the community. It has been a blessing to come back. We are literally flying high. This is episode 18, guys. Holy cow, we're going to be in the 20s very, very soon. And the next couple of episodes are so exciting, including this bad boy we have right now. So... Without further ado, before I start jumping around my room, because I'm a little bit excited, if you couldn't tell, I want to introduce my co-host, and that is my good friend Dave from the Energon Hustlers. How are you doing, Dave? What's up, dude? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Excited for this one, because we're doing something we've not done before. Um, doing a bit of tournament analysis, and we've got an expert to come and talk about it, because let's face it, me and you are filthy casuals. I know, we're treading water. Like, I feel like we're with the David Attenborough of tournaments like he knows what he's seeing out there we we haven't got a clue we're in the wilderness we're still you know using fire and sticks we don't even know if there's electricity that's how i'm feeling right now when it comes to the tournament <laughs> scene but i'm what are you I, gonna say i don't even know who that is that's the best part i don't even know who they oh there we go well we're gonna interview a clip now this is going to be the end of the road for a lot of salmon these bears are really hungry they haven't tasted salmon for 10 months. There you go. There's some, there's, that's, uh, that's David Attenborough for people who are watching on YouTube. The audio listeners, yes, he does have a sexy voice. Yes, he does. Right, and moving on, we have a special guest. If you couldn't tell by the thumbnail already, we are joined by Christian Young from Blues vs. Orange TCG. Christian, welcome to One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall. Guys, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I, am, I love talking. So this is the perfect outlet for me right now. You have no idea. <laughs> Amazing. I'm, I'm super excited to have you on the show because um, we've recently, um, like Dave was just talking about a little bit, we're doing a bit of a tournament analysis and uh, we're with the winner of that tournament with a guy who people say are trash and not that great. So I'm excited to have Christian on this episode to convert people and basically Austin 316... <laughs> 
give the middle fingers to everyone going, he is great, he will come back. And, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, it's just, oh, it's great to see. Just We'll get the spoiler right now. It's great to see a Megatron do something. I'm just saying, what do you think, Dave? A Megatron. We never would have seen it in our lifetime. But a Megatron has won something. I know, not just any Megatron living weapon. What? Living weapon? How can this be? I know. Oh, mate, I'm excited. I'm so excited. But we're jumping the gun. We're jumping the gun right now. So what is this episode going to be like? That's what you're probably figuring it out. So we're going to talk to Christian a little bit, what he's been up to and seeing what he's got planned in the future and stuff like that and what he's been up to with the ATP format. Then we're going to talk a little bit about the tournaments because there's loads of going on. There's different formats. There's tournaments going on all the time. And we're going to give it a little bit of a breakdown of like how you can be a part of that and what it feels like to do online tournaments. And then we're going to do a breakdown of the January event. We're just going to break down a little bit of the frequent cards that we used and then we're going to break down some of the decks because it's very diverse isn't it Dave like looking at it now it's very very diverse it really is and like you know although I'm a filthy casual I do try and keep my eye on what's happening in the tournament scene and let's face it wave five was a bit dull amen mm -hmm. amen that, that, <laughs> that, that meta was boring I so to see <laughs> Yeah, I, <laughs> I blame Matt for see... and Drew giving making horrible. That's what I'm going to say. I'll call out the yeah. Canadian right now. Why? Why? <laughs> blame Canada. Should we blame the government or blame society? Or should we blame the images on TV? No, blame Canada. Blame Canada. Shout out to horrible being horrible. No, it's really nice to see. Um, there's there's what. There's eight eight decks in the, you know that I'm just looking at here, and there's very little repetition. I think there's there's two decks that are the same or similar, and then there's another two decks that are the same. The rest of it is really diverse, and all the battle cards. You look at the battle card breakdown. There's there's you know common cards played between all of them, but there's a lot of variants, and that is a sign of a healthy meta game, and that is a sign that ATP are creating a fan set that are interesting you know i think it's something we would have seen had wizards continued in an official capacity would be some kind of format rotation like they have with magic the gathering yeah. um and it's nice to see that atp are doing that to some degree they are rotating what is legal for an event they've also in implementing their own ban list which christian can talk about in, in, a, in a bit more detail about mm -hmm. stuff that's been banned because you've been playing in these events um but yeah some some of the big big battle cards from wave one there's ptt and security checkpoint have been banned so it'd be interesting to see what see what your thoughts on the whole thing is man because uh, it's it's really wide open i think yeah absolutely it's really, really cool. So, before we get into the meat, which obviously, you guys, that was just an appetizer. I'm already excited. That was just a little sneak peek of what we've got going. But first, uh, I just want to, I just want to ask something. Christian, who are you? Who, 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 who? Who are you, mate? This is a chance for you to tell tell the community who you are, what you do, what you've been up to, and all this other fun stuff. So it gets it gets the listeners and the viewers a, a little bit of uh, time to get to know you before uh, you blow their minds with what I think Dave and me is going to be a fantastic episode of breaking down the tournament scene and the meta and a load of fun stuff, bro. Well, all right, gents. Well, I'm Christian Young, as you already obviously know. So. I can't mention who I am without talking about my brother Matthew Young, which I'm sure 
Uh, some of you listening probably already know who he is as well. Uh, me and Matthew go, uh, my brother Matthew, we started this going into this game together right at the beginning of Wave 1. Uh, a funny story how it happened. He, he, he sent me a message on Facebook one day saying like, hey, this local game shop, it's got a, a learn to play for this really stupid looking Transformers trading card game. We should totally go. I'm like, that does sound really dumb. We better go to it and learn to play this game. So we went. We booked it like the next day because it was like literally the following day. We went straight down like 45 minutes to a store to learn to play this Transformers trading card game thinking it was just going to be like just, just garbage. And then we learned to play. Then we played some games. And then we left with a bunch of packs in hand. And we and we were itching for more. We actually spent the rest of the day like Googling like Walmarts and Targets. Like where, where else do these, where do these places have packs? We got to get more. We got to get more packs to play two Transformers. <laughs> So we spent like the whole day doing that. Wow. My wife was so mad when I came home when I when I told her how much money I spent. But that's that is beside the point. Uh, <laughs> following that, <laughs> following that, I uh, we started a YouTube channel together because we wanted like a nice like outlet because everyone's starting starting to make YouTube channels at this point and like we should make our own. I think it'd be really fun. So we did like we did like four or five videos or so uh, together. Our most our, our, the last one we did. Um, where it was both of us together was actually an interview with Junior Lasco at the Energon Invitational, which was so much fun to do. Like, such a highlight of the trip. Uh, but I started recently doing videos back up again, especially, like, after the game. Took a bit of a nosedive. Uh, my brother has taken a bit of a break, but he's back, and he's back playing in the ATP tournament events, which makes me so excited to have the young brothers back full-powered, as I like to say, uh, back at the tournament scene. <laughs> And so that's pretty much that's pretty much me. I, I've made like a couple videos, handful. I started to focus a lot more on the ATP uh, film, uh, set and formats for my videos. I just think there's so much, not even just like content to be made, but there's just so much to talk about. There's so much going on during these ATP tournament events and the ATP sets being made and like the meta analysis, the things that happen during these tournaments to me is so exciting to talk about. And so I love, I, I'm starting to make more videos featuring that expect more of those coming in the future and that's that's really about me that's really me right there awesome thank you thank you so much christian i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna say you are my favorite person when it comes to competitive play not just because you you've just won one with living weapon which blew my mind the fact that you love the big boys i do and a big thing on this channel is we love combiners and we love the big boys we've said this multiple times but you were rocking like Fort Max for a very, very long time and doing quite yes. well with him as well. I was, yes. Fort Max was like, <sighs> Fort Max is probably one of my favorite decks I've ever played. And kind of like for that same point, I was very proud of my finishes with that deck because like once the meta game started to really evolve, everyone's like, don't play Fort Max. He's really bad in the meta game. He's not going to do well against Sky Shadow and Quake and Belligerence. And they're partly right. But like, Fort Max is just so degenerate enough that he can just kind of win games on his own. But with, with the addition of Cerebros as a, just like, when you build the deck around Cerebros' ability with like giving them extra health upgrades and like getting the four seals back and like, I loved Paralyzo Box as well. One of my favorite combos to do in the deck was to use like Master Metallicato or some other like pump action to boost his attack, play Paralyzo Box on Cerebros and Paralyzer Box was great in the Wave 5 metagame because every deck was orange and black. So you just call like black off the top all the time and you would get it like probably like 80% of the time. So you Paralyzer Box on your attack, give Cerebros plus four from the box 
And if you hit his trigger on attack, you can put a grenade launcher from the scrap onto him, and you still get the plus four from box, because it goes to the character, not the weapon. And you get the extra plus four from grenade launcher. And you just like, he just hit like a monster sometimes. It was just like kind of tough for ducks to deal with. And I could talk about Fort Max all day, but I, <laughs> but that is, that is definitely something. But you are right. I love me some Fort Max. Man, I love it. I absolutely love it. So, so before we get, we, we've, we've broke down a little bit of, um, of what we're going to do. Obviously there was a January event guys. I know, I know with the alpha trying protocols, those guys are always pumping out different tournaments in different formats. So why not let's, uh, Dave, do you think we should go into the format setting? Cause there's three, right? There's a, it's a bit of a mix, mixed bag of greatness and we can get Christian to break it down. what do you think? Yeah, go for it. So Christian, um, what are three, what are the three formats then? Uh, if you could break it down for us, if that's okay. Absolutely. With pleasure, sir. So there are three uh, formats for the ATP tournaments that they're constantly cycling through. Like every month, it's going to be a different, or I shouldn't say different format, but it's going to be one of those three formats. So that alone keeps the competitive scene super fresh because you're always planning because each format has a different style of metagame, as we'll get into in a little bit. So the first format is going to be the full constructed format. This is the closest to like vanilla Transformers tournament settings, like uh, as you can get. Um, there is it's waves one through five that are legal with the ATP set with the current ATP two sets. Um, but there is at a slightly extended band list. There's the normal band list from Wizards of the Coast, which is swap parts, press the advantage, multi mission gear. Uh, but there's three cards that are added to that band list for the full constructed format. Uh, the first one is Peace Through Tyranny. Uh, because that card absolutely kind of ruined the metagame when Titans got it got around, and it's always like just such a broken card. Uh, I could go into every card and why it was banned, but the Vector Sigma guys have an excellent have excellent articles on their site to explain why every card was banned. So I'll just give a brief synopsis. So PTT Security Checkpoint is also banned. Similar reasons for Peace of Tyranny. It's not like a completely game breaking card like Peace of Tyranny, but it is one of those cards where like you just gain so much advantage if you sec check and you just hit all like you could hit someone's entire hand completely and you can just completely take someone out of the rest of the game uh so and it also like even though aggro decks were still topping like consistently without piece of tyranny and blue decks having security checkpoint which i feel like should say something about some of the cards that it kind of exists uh but it wasn't so much for that reason but it does definitely help kind of even out uh the pip ratios between orange and blue decks even though i don't think it really needed it and then the last card that gets added to that full constructed ban list is daring escape because no one, I mean, no one likes Daring Escape. It's a completely format warping card. Like in a metagame where Daring Escape exists, like you devote so many resources to your sideboard. It kills diversity. It kills, like, it's just an, a huge negative play experience type of card, and which is why they totally got rid of Daring Escape, which I think is totally fine there. Uh, so that is the full constructed format. Next up is Titan 1 format, uh, which was the format for the January event that we're going to be talking about. So Titan 1, just a bit of a spoiler is 100% my favorite format uh, to play in in these ATP events. So starting off, there's there's more restrictions in this format. The first restriction is that in Titan 1, you can't have more than one Titan Master on your lineup. So in the full constructed, you can see things like Quake, Fangry Horrible decks, or Sky Shadow plus Horrible or Perceptor style decks in full constructed. Uh, those, those decks don't exist in Titan 1. They aren't legally allowed to be played because you can only have, you can either have no Titan Masters or you can have one Titan Master. Along with that uh, lineup limitation, uh, Fort Max is also legal for the record uh, because technically Cerebros, I, I believe, is not a Titan Master. Uh, so you can still play Fort Max in Titan 1. 
So the ban list for Titan 1 is the obvious uh, Wizard of the Coast ban list. Uh, Peace or Tyranny, Daring Escape, and Security Checkpoint are all banned, like in Full Constructed. But you also have four stratagems that are added to the ban list. First one is Sky Shadow Sync. Uh, it just proved to be just way too powerful of a of a card to still see play in this slower, less power crept version of a format. Uh, you can still play the Sky Shadow pieces, but you can't play the Sync. So you can't combine into Big Boy Sky Shadow. Uh, and then three uh, ATP 1 stratagems are banned from Titan 1 because when they built, when they made the ATP 1 stratagem set, it wasn't made with Titan 1 in mind because that, as I said before, that wasn't like existed when they were making their first sets of cards. And so the, the three ATP 1 stratagems that were banned is Rally, the Legendary Warrior B stratagem, Heed the Call, the Metroplex stratagem, and I Don't Believe in Destiny, the Jeffire stratagem. So those, so those, uh, all those cards are banned from Titan One. Titan One's a really sweet format because it, you know, the power decks that you don't, that you see a lot more in Full Constructed, don't really exist in Titan One. So Rogue strategies and Tier Two strategies have a lot more room to grow and flourish, uh, as we're gonna see going into the Titan One, uh, top eight later on. Uh, and then the last format uh, for the tournaments is gonna be Junkion Constructed, which is commons only. So common battle cards, common characters only. Uh, the band set for this one is actually three characters. It's Sergeant Springer, because that guy is absolutely ridiculous uh, as a common spot. Uh, Raider Tailwind and Private Powertrain, uh, because these, these three characters make for way too obvious and way too like high ceiling power level for what the format's supposed to be again. Uh, the the Junkion format is so much fun to play and there's so many cool deck ideas that people come to the table with Junkion. It's a format that ATP actively uh, tries to support going forward. So they add like rarities to cards. They always consider like, okay, we're going to make this battle card. We're going to make it common so it can fit in the Junkion format. Uh, it, I would recommend if you're, especially if you really like popper style, uh, like formats in like magic or something like that, Junkion will probably fit that very, very well for you. Uh, and that's really, those are the formats. Those are the three tournament formats. As you can kind of see, it kind of cascades down into, into from speed of play. Like Full Construct is the fastest. Titan 1's much slower than Full Constructed, but it's faster than Junkion. And then Junkion is definitely like the slower, like almost like traditional Wave 1 uh, style of play that you've played back in Wave 1, where it was really just all about like attacking uh, in, into the characters. There's not like... A lot of broken strategy but there's still like a lot of thought in play that comes into the junkion meta game that is that will be fun to talk about in future videos i'm sure sweet yeah i i love the junkion format i think dave loves it as well i feel like that's the kind of tournaments i want to play in because it's just pure jank and fun like just seeing putting putting characters on the board that you might not even think and then just playing common cards i think that format was incredibly unique and such a cool design and just a cool like idea by the guys over at Vector Sigma. What are, what are your thoughts, Dave, on the, the whole format um, situation they've got going there for their tournaments? Yeah, I think it's really good. Like like I said earlier, it kind of would possibly be where Wizards would have taken it. It's some sort of rotation or legality. Um, and that's something that, that is definitely shone through in, in Magic the Gathering. There's now got about 25,000 formats that you can play. Um, but no, I really like the idea of, of different things and i think it's very interesting how they are continuing on with the band list because i do think peace through tyranny was a problem particularly oh, yeah. way five so it's nice to see that they've done that and it's followed through into the title one and i think yeah 
like looking at that meta game just before um, the game was officially cancelled, um, you were seeing like um, horrible Quake on, you know, on the same lineups because they were so undercosted for their for, for their thing. Sky Shadow, which is he's just a, yeah. a dumb card. <laughs> You know, you know, Decepticons needed some help, but they didn't need that much help. I think like the um, biggest problem with the Wave Five metagame is like, for one, like you mentioned, like it was really comprised of like five characters: Sky Shadow, Horrible, Fangry, Quake, and Perceptor, and occasionally Fort Max, and then the Health Heads. That was literally that whole format. Everything else really struggled to see any play at all. But honestly, the biggest offender of the Wave Five metagame, in my opinion, is like if you look at the battle decks between like top eight decks that that went in that tournament they all looked the same they were all the same built battle deck and it was it was so obvious to know what everyone was playing there was no surprises it was very very dull from just like a, a like a deck building perspective it was rough it was a rough note to leave on for the metagame in my opinion yeah there, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of creativity was there and i think that's something that um particularly titan one you're looking at what is being played there is a massive amount of creativity and versatility in what people are playing in their decks. You know, we've, we've touched on it. We're going to go into it in more detail in a minute. But, like, there's such diversity in the battle cards. Yes, there's the common denominators that, you know, Grenade Launcher is still a great card, so Grenade Launcher still gets played. But, um, you know, it's really, really interesting. Junkion is one that I'm really tempted to have a bash at because... I like that. I like that kind of real tailored pool of available cards. Like, you know, my favorite format when I used to play competitive magic was actually Booster Draft. And I really like that kind of limited feel that Junkion's got. And particularly some of the battle cards that have been released in ATP 2. And um, I know that's something that's been coming through with, with the next wave as well. Is they put, like you said, they're injecting cards into that format. Um, filling in those odd stars where like you had one or two stars left but nothing to really put in your deck do you know what I mean um, so yeah I, I think it's healthy it's, it seems like a really healthy meta game and the feedback I've got from obviously yourself and from a lot of the other people on, on the circuit um, it, it's a really vibrant interesting meta game to be part of yeah it, it, it really is it really really is so, so, so moving on from that then what about us, as, as David, I can include Dave, and Dave wouldn't mind me saying this, what about us filthy casuals? Because I know for for a fact people are probably thinking, right, how can I how can I attempt to be a part of this this tournament scene? How can I, how can I do online tournaments? Because I know that's come up uh, in a few uh, podcast questions, hasn't it, Dave? About like, how, how can I connect? How can I do this? What's it feel like? How do the players react and stuff? I know, Christian, you've said you've been a part of a fair few of these tournaments. Can you give a little bit of a, an insight and in, like what you need to actually, you know, take part in these uh, tournaments? Because I think it would be very enlightening for, for people who, who are possibly on the borderline of going, you know what, I really want to do that tournament, but I don't know if I, if I physically can or not. So I think that'd be a really cool thing to talk about. Absolutely. I'd love to talk about that. So I think you you can make the setup like from the, I think there's like two kind of points to talk about here. There's like the physical setup of actually playing in a tournament and then uh, or like the webcam series tournaments. And there's that kind of like mental block of like feeling like either like you're good enough to like play in these events or like if you're new to the game, like is this a good place to start out? Uh, going over the physical uh, like setup uh, to play in these webcam games first, 
Obviously, like we call them webcam games um, because we use a webcam pointed downward at our playmats to play, you know, to, to play cards with other people. Uh, often through Discord, you can use like Facebook Messenger if you have like a friend and stuff like that. But these webcam tournaments are often played through Discord. Um, my setup is probably a little bit more higher end because I also use it to make videos. So like I have like a, a Logitech C920 webcam, uh, which I believe goes for like for around 60 bucks. However, I know people uh, that play in these tournaments that literally use like a cardboard box with a hole cut out that they prop their laptops into and have the webcam on the laptop point down at their screen from this cardboard box and you can't even tell. Like these are like some of the setups that people can can like just kind of engineer. Um, people often use like Droidcam, like there you can, it's like an application for Android phones that you can use to turn your phone into a webcam. Uh, you can just like uh, have Discord running on your phone, uh, have that shared, um, have the screen sharing through your phone, uh, and then have like a laptop on the side, logged into a separate Discord account, so and to to join the room and pop up and look at your opponent's screen, so that you don't have like so you're not like stuck like oh I'm gonna put my phone here to show my playmat oh but I can't look at my opponent's mat well you can have your lap you can have a laptop on the side of you with a second Discord account to get there. There's a lot of like really really like cheap avenues uh, to get the physical setup set up uh, to like get there. Um, of course, there's always like a space issue. That's always like something that kind of, if I, in my opinion, of course, it's going to be different for everyone. But like, if you want to play the game, if you want to play webcam games, you're going to be able to find the space and the setup in the budget that you like. It's, it, it's a pretty, it's it's pretty minimalistic for what you need. It's you don't need much. You do not need much. I completely agree. You know, that's how me and you play, isn't it, Lee? Because we we start playing each other. Um, when when time allows like it's really really straightforward and like, like Kristen says you can have like a second discord account you can do what me, me and Lee do normally do like one call through um, Facebook Messenger and then we do another one yeah. through discord it's really really easy um, and I I don't have any high-tech gear I have an iPhone 8s which is what I use and my laptop that's all you need it's really really easy to do yeah I'm 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 kind of on the the same train of mine is a little bit more expensive like Christian I do also have a C9 uh, C920 they're like the best webcams ever guys I I'm not sponsored by Logitech I'm not sponsored by Logitech but they're pretty <laughs> freaking good just saying is all um but I was talking to Dave last time um I literally bought I think it was like a 10 quid tripod thing and he was like I can see everything on your desk that is stupid I'm like yeah it just clamps onto my desk like it's literally almost like a glorified selfie stick shove the blooming webcam on there and then how I do it is I have my laptop to one side, but then through the joys of technology, guys, everything either has a HDMI or a com uh, like a com component like cable out, and I just put that in the back of my monitor, and then I dual monitor, so I can then put my Discord on my big monitor in front of me, so I can see my opponent's, uh, um, obviously his his side of the uh, table, and then obviously they can see mine through obviously the webcam and stuff, and like like Dave and me say, we either talk through Discord. Or, well, we play on Discord and then we just talk through Messenger. Most of the time we talk a lot and do eventually get round to gaming, but we just like talking, don't we, Dave? That's pretty much pretty much what we have. We do, pretty much. It pretty much is. So that, that's pretty much me. Is. We pretty much talk about yeah. deck ideas and they never come to light or we forget about them. And then we go, oh, what was that idea we had that one time? Can't remember, can't remember. Yeah. Those are the best moments right there in the game of my It opinion. is true. You just come up with the dumbest deck idea and like, I won't make this, so I'm going to purposely forget about it. So no one will ask me to make it again. I'm just saying, just 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 reiterating, it is very easy. I think you know the technical side of it is, if I can do it, anyone can. 
you know it's <laughs> absolutely it's it's not you don't need a, a really expensive setup you can do it with your cell phone or mobile phone for us brits and and a laptop or like i one of my friends he uses his ipad for one screen and his he, he uses his phone on a tripod to, to film his area so you don't even need a laptop it's not something you need a pc for so there are workarounds you can even do it yeah. on one device now me and salty from blues on attack we've been playing casually he's only got a single ipad so what i do is i log in on my wife's facebook account and join a group messenger nice. call um, and i just use literally i i have my laptop on my phone but he has an ipad so you don't even need two devices if you want to play you can find a way to play yeah. I, you know i think that's that's the kind of bottom line is you can still play it's very difficult to play in person particularly here in the uk it's really bad at the moment but you've, really you've got those you know, you've got that, that that opportunity is there um you know so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet now. <laughs> no, no, that's awesome. No, I feel like it's, I think that's one thing that actually scares a lot of people is like how much money do I have to sink into it? But the best thing about it is, guys, um, it's a, it's an investment because like Dave has mentioned it multiple times uh, on these podcasts. He's got people like queuing up to play him. I've got, a, I've now got a few people queuing up to play me and we wouldn't have had this if we, you know, like it's kind of sad saying it's really bad for us in England. I obviously know it's bad in the States for Corona at the moment, but it's really cool that we've literally all come together and united around this idea of, wow, we can actually do this. Like I play normal board games on webcam with friends, like just to keep like the sanity, like it's a true investment. And also not to say shout as, selfishly self-plug get one for a deck tech challenge because that's coming back baby just saying it's all um, you should do it yeah you just gotta do it you just gotta do it but no the, the, i think the one thing as well which we you didn't talk on christian but obviously i think you were about to was about um engaging with strangers because i because i know for me i'm very laid back and very easy like Christian's a part of the playtesting group for the ATP guys. I am as well. I am so laid back. It's ridiculous, but I can obviously see it could be quite, you know, challenging for some people. So uh, let's have a have a little bit of a, a mindset for that because obviously you've been doing the tournaments and, and meeting people you've probably never met before. It's true. I, Man, I've played with so many amazing people uh, just from the webcam games alone. Like, there's, I, I wanted to give a shout out to my buddy McCoy on the ATP server. He's actually a doctor in the Philippines. That will actually play in these Transformers tournaments. Yeah, it's so cool. You you just never know the people that you're gonna meet here. Uh, but it it, it is kind of nerve wracking at first. Like, oh, I'm gonna play this game with strangers online. It feels really weird, and especially feels weird if you're going into like a tournament setting, so to speak. Like especially like if you're if you're a new player, because we still we see new players pop up all the time on like the Facebook groups and like the Discords. Like, hey, where can I get started with this? And they may not have a community. And this is such a great way for them to join. Not even like, like, and, and it, it can be kind of a roadblock, right? Like, oh, I, are they going to be nice? You know, internet's full of horrendous people nowadays. Is this like going to be a place that I'm going to get ripped apart for being new or not knowing all the rules? And like, I can tell you from the, at least from the ATP tournaments, I, that was, that's, it's, which has been my main exposure. I don't think I've met a nicer, like just pile of players for lack of a better word that are so like welcoming and fun to play with and just really kind i've never had a bad experience and i've played in these tournaments for like almost a year now like everyone's just so chill uh we have new players come in every now and then um you know coming into the tournaments like i've 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 had a person like join a one-day tournament 
uh, and I played against him, like, I don't really know how to play. And I'm like, that's totally cool. You know, we're on a timer, but that's totally cool because I'm going to walk you through for any questions you have. Don't like, don't feel bad asking questions. Like everyone's so open to asking questions and answering questions in this group. And even if like, uh, like jumping into like a webcam tournament, uh, or even a one day event, cause they have those two every, uh, like every month they'll have a one day event tournament. This just happens for like three, four hours without a top cut. If you're not open to that, they have something that they introduced called league play, which feels so much like going to locals and getting games where basically like you, you go and you just look for casual games. Like, Hey, I'm open to a webcam game in, in this format. Anyone want to play? And people will be like, yeah, I'll come play. Uh, shout out to Ogar who, who oh, hit 300 he's games He's an animal, in isn't he? He's, a <laughs> he's an monster. animal. He's, he's from Minnesota. He's, he is one of my local boys. And so he, he is an absolute monster. And you know what? Best part about Ogar, he's such a, a story to this. He started the game right before it died in Wave 5. He started then. And he's now, like, gone to this point, you know? And, like, you can jump into these, these, these league webcam games. You play for a little bit. And then you, like, log, like, your games in the league room. And it has like win loss percentage and all that, but it does not matter. You can get prizes for just playing the game. Like if you reach 50 games, even if you lost all 50 of those games, you, you're eligible to like win some sweet like dice or like cool like printouts of ATP sets if you need like some nice professional printed out ones. They offer a lot of really, like really neat prizes for that. And it's a really great way to be like, to get games, to get comfortable in the webcam environment without feeling the need and pressure to enter a tournament. Uh, but I will say, I also think the tournament sector is the tournaments that they offer is so easy to jump into, uh, because we play with like an international group of individuals, um, having a tournament happen all in one day, just doesn't work. These tournaments go on for about three weeks at a time, three to four weeks at a time. And usually what happens is when a round starts, you have like three days. Uh, yeah, I believe it's like three days, 72 hours to reach out to your opponent. So you're getting that like exposure to already reaching out to people over the internet that you've never met before uh, to talk to them and be like, hey, we're uh, up for round one, round two. What time works best for you to play? And you work out your schedules. Um, and the, the really fun part to me is in the, the ATP like Discord, there's rooms that are devoted to like video rooms that people like go into specifically for tournament matches where you play your tournament match and people can come and watch you play. And it sounds scary at first, but you have to think of it as that means I can watch people play. I can I can watch people. I can learn the game by watching other people play in these events. I think it's really important as well, like for boosting mental health at this time as well, to have have something you can engage with 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 real people, and not just be stuck indoors, isolating or whatever. Or you know, we're in full lockdown here in the UK. Um, you know, it's a really important thing to have that kind of social interaction. So. Um, I am going to take the leap at some point when my schedule allows because I really, really want to become part of the the wider community and maybe try and improve my terrible game. Um, <laughs> just get better at remember, remembering triggers and stuff like that. So that's where I, I fall now. But I think, you know, um, from what I have seen, because I've watched some of the um, footage that's been put up, um, like post post events, I don't often get to watch stuff live because it's a weird times for us here in the UK. But yeah, um, you know, what some of the stuff that Dan's been putting up, and it, you know, everyone just seems really cool, really chill, and it, the games are just flowing, and there's like you know, there's a bit of banter and all that. Sort it's one hundred percent true. I yeah. can testament that 
even though it was playtesting, but also I've been a part of the league, to be like exactly what Christian says, I was just having games with Ogar, and then it eventually turned into me going against Dan, and then everyone jumping in the room, and everyone having... Because obviously you don't want to interrupt with uh, the game, so everyone's on their, their mics, like, muting them so you don't talk. But I'm like the happy Gilmore. I'm always like, guys, come on, seriously, let's have some banter. And I, like, tried to wind Dan up so much to play inverted with um, aerial bots, but he wouldn't have it. So then I was asking the group, because there was... I think there was six watching at the time as well, so there's, like, eight people in this group. I'm just like, guys, who wants to see Dan play inverted? And he's like, that card's trash, Lee, shut up. And I'm like, no, anyone, anyone, anyone. Like, Eddie jumped in at one point and was like, yeah, yeah, go, Dan, go, Dan. I'm like, yeah, come on, man, let's have some banter. Let's have some fun. And, yeah, as Dan did, he just literally wiped the floor with me. But it was good, fun times. Anyway, I was, yeah. I was, I was really, like, fun just to meet new people like i ended up playing against people like 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 you said i i ended up playing someone from australia a couple of guys from canada a couple of guys from america people who i don't even know but obviously they know my voice which is hilarious and they go oh yeah you're that guy from that podcast i like listening to you let's have a game i'm like okay and then they just trash me and i'm like yeah i had that coming i guess <laughs> and it's just some good Brutal. fun man it's just fun like it's just it's just like you say christian it's like playing at your local store and just having banter because even though like you might have like one thing in common which is like the transformers card game even talking to the other individual and having a bit of banter you find out more about them so i ended up like talking about the mandalorian and south park with one individual nice. and then also i ended up talking about hilariously enough um what was it? it was it was a really it was the transformers comic and we ended up stopped playing because we were talking about the comic and people came in and was like are you guys playing we're like yeah we're halfway for a turn but we're having a discussion about the wreckers one second and then we just had this hilarious <laughs> verbal it was like good banter as i would call it it wasn't an argument but it was funny because he he kind of hates prowl and i kind of like prowl and like my best friend and you know obviously if you know my channel my friend d hates prowl so it's kind of funny like seeing all different perspectives of why they don't like this guy and it was just hilarious just going like so this is the ammunition he's probably gonna throw at me next time i see him in real life good i will remember this you know you just get to have some fun <laughs> times just hanging out with randomers it's really cool I think like what Dave said in the last episode was really good. Don't be afraid to ask and just really be like putting yourself out there because trust me, there's not that many assholes in this community. Everyone is really nice, which is kind of scary for a card game because we'll bring it up like Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic and other card games. Oh. There are some really horrible communities just saying it's very uh what's the word? Oh yes, thank you Britney Spears. Toxic. Toxic. great great banger of a song that was so yeah you've got some britney spears in this episode as well boys gosh i'm treating you today with this copy this copyright is not going to go down well but it was fine fine for the audio listeners um but yeah uh let's if we got anything else to say about like the the jumping on point for people of have we have we covered it do you think i just wanted to say christian how do people sign up for these events because obviously not everyone may know where to go so what's the best way to sign up for one of these events sure so like uh there's two main avenues to play or to sign up for these like specific events so um you can sign up to be uh, like on the vector sigma patreon uh page they have like a monthly like 15 dollar uh entry fee for every monthly tournament because they host a tournament every single month and that 15 dollars a month does cover your entry fee uh, you know, which covers prize support for all the awesome prizes that they give. 
Um, otherwise, if you're not a Patreon, they are a patron. They will post on the Facebook pages um, and in their Discords, like upcoming tournaments on Smash.gg for their for their tournaments. And usually, if you're not a patron, it's like a twenty dollar entry fee. But if you're a patron, it's a fifteen dollar. So it there's a, there's a lot of different avenues to check out. There's Facebook, uh, the Vector Sigma site often will have links uh, to the Smash channels when they're put up. Uh, the Discord. There's a, there's a lot of places. There's a lot of places uh, flowing around uh, to find where to sign up for these tournaments. I think I think that's everything, right, guys? Have, have we missed anything? Because I think we've covered like the social aspect of how good it can be to meet new people and and what the formats are for the tournaments and stuff like that. Is it? Are we going to get to the meat, or are we still on the entrees? What 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 are you guys thinking? I'm hungry for some entree. I, I think we're good for the meat. Yeah, we're yeah. looking we're looking for a juicy juicy bit of steak. I think right now. Sorry for anyone who's a vegetarian, vegan, or you know is allergic to peanuts and might die. I don't know. I apologize. But, um, right, let's get to the meat. Let's get to the meat of this um, lovely, lovely cast. We had an event run by Vector Sigma, uh, the Aphitrion Protocols. Um, we've got Christian on. So we're going to get a little bit of a nice breakdown of this tournament because, like we said in the interview, we've, we, this is new uncharted territory. This extraordinary creature is half blind, half deaf, and this is just about as fast as it can move. That's what's going to happen to you if you live on nothing but leaves. It's a sloth. It's not exactly an enthusiastic leaf eater. There's some more David Attenborough for you. It doesn't make sense, but I just wanted to hear him <laughs> speak about random animals. Um, and Christian hasn't got a clue because he hasn't heard it in the edit, so it's going to be fantastic. It's true, I can't wait to see it. So, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the top eight. So we're going to break down the decks a little bit and stuff. But what, what one thing we wanted to talk about, uh, and Dave really wanted to talk about it, was um, the uh, the breakdown of the frequent battle cards and uh, characters used. Right, Dave? That was that was it, wasn't it? Yeah, it's really interesting to see, like the common denominators and also the variety in there. Like like we said in the previous session, like wave five, like you could say what was in their deck. You see them play it. Oh, you're playing that battle card, that battle card, that battle card. Whereas I think this is a lot more wide open. So, you know, Christian, you're the expert. So so what what would you say at the moment, and looking at this list of, of battle cards, is the most defining battle card in the format? What is the one that is prevalent in most matchups? Let me tell you, so there's there's an easy answer to that. So to preface this tournament it was a Titan One tournament, so uh, no Sky Shadow, uh, no Metroplex Jazz or Rally Stratagems. Uh, but easily the most defining cards, because there's two of them, uh, for this ATP2 metagame is Belligerence and, and Hostilities. By far, oh, by none. Shocking! What a shock! What a shock, guys! The B word! Holy cow! The B word <laughs> made it in! Oh my days! It's such a strong card, though, it really is. And, and I think when it was spoiled um, prior to Wave 5, I was just looking at that card. It, Busted. Yeah, great for blue decks. It it's really great for is. Blue decks. It's great for blue decks. It's also horrible for blue decks. So you kind of got to have your answer prepped, which leads us on to the second battle card, which is and hostilities. hostilities. Yeah, you need to be prepared for that counter. I'm assuming, like I'm assuming you're always running one in your deck, or you've got it at least in the sideboard just in case. I'm assuming, right, Christian? Or because I don't know nothing because I'm filthy casual. <laughs> I have no idea when it comes to the competitive game right now. So it's really interesting. So belligerence, like. In Teletran1.net, uh, the website that has like the list, the, the breakdown of the top eight for this tournament, 
Um, there was 15 copies of Belligerence amongst the top eight, and in every and all eight of the decks had at least one copy in it. And I think it kind of shows because of like, it's interesting coming from the Wave Five metagame, which was strictly a pretty much heavy aggro format, where you didn't really need to play a lot of Belligerence because it's not good against uh, orange decks if you're playing orange, right? It doesn't really do anything. Uh, saw some play during like Perceptor Sky Shadow and whatnot, but as we venture forth into like the ATP events and the ATP formats from ATP 1 to ATP 2, mixed decks have become a lot more prevalent where it's not so much about like, I'm going to build this deck blue, I'm going to fill it to the brim with blue cards or orange. It's more so like, I'm going to, I'm forced to play cards, like good cards in my deck instead of just like, I'm going to be playing this for the pips. It's like, no, I'm going to be playing this card, even though I'm an orange deck naturally, I'm going to be playing this blue card. Like I'm going to be playing Energon Axe or Leaving the Battle in my blue deck because it just naturally fits the strategy that I'm going for. And so because decks are becoming a lot more mixed, and we're going to be seeing that as we go through the top eight lists, like how many like mixed decks there are, Belligerence and End Hostilities have become so like vital uh, because... For one, there's a lot more blue decks running around, right? So Belligerence just has a lot of stay there. Um, if your deck is already mixed, Belligerence and End Hostilities just fits so perfectly in there because it just makes your attacks and defense so much better. Like Belligerence in like an orange deck that's slanted blue is still can still be really good in the right matchups uh, versus just like an or like a mono orange deck just running Belligerence, right? Um, it sees it sees a lot of play for that. There's a lot, uh, like I said, there's a lot more blue decks running around. There's uh, combiners, which definitely take a big beating from cards like Belligerence, uh, Titans. There's there's a lot of just like the format is almost kind of defined by these two cards, which is kind of unfortunate to say, um, because you know they're they're kind of annoying cards to see. Like they feel like power, they are power cards, and uh, some decks just end up playing those type, these two cards better than others. Which and you're gonna gonna and you kind of see that. Um, I made a tier list video for the Titan 1 format, and you kind of see that in that top, in like the tier 1 spots. Like, these decks just play the Belligerence and Hostilities cards like really, really well. Uh, but I think I've talked enough about like and Hostilities and Belligerence. There's so many other like interesting cards and like ratios in this top 8 uh, that you'll find here. And like, I, my favorite one is actually um, if you look like to the far right of that chart, Energy Pack. There was only two copies of Energy Pack amongst the whole top eight. That just shows there... you there's not a lot of big star costing characters. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't even think it's that. Like, I think like majority of these decks could easily run Energy Pack, but they just chose not to. Overwhelming Advantage saw more copies amongst the top eight than Energy Pack did. That's insane. It's insane. What about Enhanced Power Cell? I'm just seeing if Enhanced Power Cell is there, because that's obviously... Five like energy pack yeah, there's actually five copies of enhanced power cell amongst the top eight which makes a lot of sense uh coming into some of the decks that you'll see why they would run that over energy pack uh again for deck synergy right even though you know and we'll get into that of course but yeah like you've got like, you've still got like the big bads i mean you've got like, energy on axis high up there grenade launcher fusion borer from wave five um so they're kind of like the main weapons that we're seeing you know, this there's a good showing like Master Metallicato is arguably one of my favorite cards uh, in the game. Card. It can just like turn, you know, it can turn a little guy like Brawn into just this monster who just Ugh. hits so hard. Um, <laughs> you know, it's interesting to see like the card draw of choice is scouting mission and mission briefing. Mission briefing um, especially. You know, 
mission briefing yeah, is mission very briefing strong. Especially, we didn't see that card a lot uh, pre ATP formats, especially even ATP one. We didn't see that card a lot, but ATP two uh, with the combiners because you accelerate so quickly. There are turns where like you could have still all four of your bots still on the field in in bot mode, and you just run the one mission briefing to play in that one moment to draw four, and that's all you do. You know, is there any surprises that anything that surprised you, Christian? That's in the in the sort oh, of battle card selection. That's mad. You know, um, I, I there was one. Let me see if I can find it. It's, there's one of there's one of it that's got me all all like hot and bothered. The one ofs are, I think, the the spot that really I think needs a lot of like just time because there's a lot of really cool like like that's where like people put the tech cards, right? Like I I can devote one of these to a deck, you know, like I first of all I love that there's only a single armed hovercraft in the whole top eight. Represent that. Represent that. Represent that armed hovercraft. I sure did. It was me. I ran that armed hovercraft. That was my armed hovercraft right there. Underhanded <laughs> tactics too is like a deck I had no idea or like a card. I'm like, what? I don't even remember what that card did, to be honest. I had to look it up. I'm like, oh my gosh. Someone ran stealthiness. Like a zero pip card that gives you stealth. That is a very tech card. I love well, that. Stealthiness actually has an orange pip to it. Does it? It does. It's an orange utility. Oh, so it like, is an orange I... utility, not a blank one. Sorry. It is orange, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I've actually seen stealthiness come up a fair amount in the ATP formats. It's especially with like rally decks that like want to hit hard, but also want to keep Legendary Warrior B alive until the end. They'll slap a stealthiness on him. It's like, I'm just going to get to my bonus and you can't hit me. Yeah, it's, it is, um, like, I'm just, again, I'm just looking through as we're talking, just the d diversity is insane. I was just going to mention, there seems to be the removal is all over the shop in this, which is very interesting. Yeah. Because removal yeah, was always a, really a thing. Because, like, I don't see any vaporizers, but I do see, obviously, bashing shield, because bashing shield. Um, obviously, we've got ramming speed, because obviously you're going to be running orange, that makes sense. you got reprocess in there. It's cool to see reprocess, because I think that card got kind of, like, forgotten about a little bit towards the later end yeah. game. Because it was quite prevalent with blue bugs and some other fun shenanigans, um, but yeah, obviously, obviously, espionage and counter espionage. You can that's a form of I would say removal because you could just take cards from people's hands. So yeah, it's kind of weird seeing it. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to see that there is that it's moved away from that a little bit. It's kind yeah. of interesting. Well, you know, actually, I have a very uh, different opinion about the removal, but the removal is a very interesting point. So. I've, I've noticed, at least personally, when I play competitively, like in Wave 4, especially, Ramming Speed, Vaporize, those cards just like were gone. It was totally taken up by like one mainboard reprocess mm. and then like Bash and Shield. That was like the only removal I saw consistently mm. from in Wave 4. And then Wave 5, it was just Bash and Shield and Disassemble pretty much to hit those Hollow Matters because you're playing Quake and Horrible and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. So, Dave, you wanted to talk about characters. Yeah, I just want to have a good bit, a bit of a snapshot. You know, I, it's really funny because you really, really berate on this guy, you know, um, and saying he was trash and everything. But ATP, ATP have definitely um, made him playable, and that's Autobot Jazz. Mm, oh, he's yeah. horrible. He's freaking stupid. He's, horrible. he's really, really good. If he's you don't really know how good. to deal with him, watch Christian's video. It was very insightful. <laughs> I'm just saying it's all. It made it made me sleep a little bit better for for after watching that video because every time I seem to have gone into it for especially testing, it always seems to be 
let's see how it is because jazz is quite prevalent so it's quite interesting how does the matchup work with jazz and stuff like that so yeah, yeah. jazz jazz is a really cool character uh because because kind of like you said it's like he's very intimidating at first to kind of like because he does he does like a lot as a stratagem right that's just strategy. So it's it's good it's very good it's a it's an important stratagem to the metagame i will say but we can get about, uh, into that a little bit later you yes <laughs> most definitely i know dave dave's excited just because i can see uh see a fair few of my favorite uh, combiners up there the stunticons that's exciting the new motormaster stunticon done i still think that's one of my favorite names it's up there with some of the stuff that matifer's written for names but yeah it's such a good name. such an awesome name it's good to see a combiner like it's kind of cool to see those guys push back and obviously uh the the format of the atp2 uh cards helped out combiners so going forward hopefully they do a few more because i've got to say I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to finally getting my copy of uh, motormaster or the aerial bots on the on the board and dave and me will probably have to have a bit of a, a grudge match maybe i think we are they're in the um, country they're in the country we know they're in the country somewhere. i know that <laughs> they're in the country the tracking says they have landed um we we had to get them um redone because the initial cut was miscut oh, no. so i had to That's so sad uh, yeah like it's it would like you were missing like the text on the left hand side of the me it's all good like it's not like i've actually had a chance to build the decks yet anyway so but i i, I really like the fact that there's a stanticon deck in there um and it's you know there's what when was the last time we saw stanticons in a tournament wave two yeah there we go yeah. holy cow exactly That's a blast from the past holy cow you know you know um obviously we're going to talk about the more in details we go through, but just looking at the sort of snapshot, there's some ATP2 characters, Raider Overkill, Soundwave. You know, it's awesome. Like Dinobots, you know, what's going on? What, you know, are we playing Wave 1 again? You know, like Dinobots. I know they've been a bit of a powerhouse, haven't they, Christian, in, in um, the ATP stuff? They're good. They they put in the work, that's for sure. They're, They're finally good. what they should have been. Powerhouses. They should have been. But it's interesting, yeah, like we're saying, like, I love it when we go like, oh, there's two of this, two of this, two of this. But then you go to the ones, you've got like, Blaster, Living Weapon, Drift, yeah. only one Cliff Jumper. That's amazing. Smiley faces over here at this side of the computer screen. One Night Racer. Makes me sad. It does make you sad. Makes me sad. But like, one Brawn. That's mad. Like, it's really cool to see that there's so much diversity going in to like, the top eight. It's really cool to see. Yeah, the... The blaster deck was wild to watch. I mean, he almost went completely undefeated in Wow. Swiss too. Yeah, that'll be a really fun deck to talk about. Okay, so top eight guys. Finishing eighth, we have ATP2 Soundwave run by Ziggy. Um, is it Ziggy Prime? I won't lie. I actually don't know what Ziggy's so we're just gonna real go... name is. Of everyone here, so, I don't know what his real name is. But so, everyone calls him Ziggy, Ziggy, so he's Ziggy. Congrats on finishing in the top eight. And he, and he finished with um, Soundwave, uh, and the bots he ran, obviously, with Soundwave. 11 stars, uh, Raider Overkill, which is another um, uh, card from the ATP2. Uh, and then, here we go, what about Jazz and Stratagems? Here's the thing. So, there it, there is. it is. Yeah, never gets old, that joke. Never gets old. So, if we're looking, overviewing, looking at this deck... What is it doing, Christian? What 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 what's the whole idea with this deck? Do you think uh, with the whole deck list that we're looking at? So this is how funny it is on the screen. 
it is showing up for the YouTube. So you can see all this deck and you can see all the cool stuff. For our visual list, uh, for our audio listeners, I apologise. But I don't want you to crash your cars while looking this up on your phone. So please do not do that. Do it at a responsible time when you're not driving. We here at Bleeped Up Production care about your driving record. So definitely for sure. So um, so Christian, what have we, what have we got going then with this, uh, with this uh, deck? So this is a what I would consider a typical uh, Soundwave Jazz control deck where if it builds up on a lot of like blue and black pips to um, leverage Jazz's uh, Here's the Thing trigger to give you all those blue blacks on defense turn to blue whites, which is really good for obviously defending really high. Um, this is Soundwave what I, is what I would consider a slower grindy control deck because Soundwave's ability doesn't really start rolling around till the wheel turn because he needs to attack first before anything starts to start to happen. And so you see in this deck list kind of kind of emphasizes that you play a lot of like uh, uh, blue cards that will uh, control your opponent things like espionage, counter espionage, catch off guard is seen play here. Um, lots of secret actions, two sabs, three end hostilities, a survive, which is another great ATP two card. Uh, but the big card, in my opinion, out of this whole list, that I think is really important is point position. Point position is a blue-black, obviously. Uh, it works great for Jazz, um, and not only that, but it gives a tap character Brave, which can be really huge in this deck list, because you can put this on your Raider Overkill that has tough two. They're forced to run into this thing uh, until they can either A, get rid of the Brave on it, with, or um, can somehow uh, finish off relatively early. So you're going to be spending like a lot of resources going into overkill you're going to be spending resources going into jazz and during this time soundwave is going to be slowly building up his repertoire of spy patrols and building himself up in bot mode to get to that pivotal 8 uh, 16 4 stat line once you have three spy patrols in your ko zone and the scary part is once like once you ko the overkill that if it has point position on it it actually just buffs soundwave up like that's the scary part like once it's gone it's like okay my soundwave is now stronger thank you very much uh, you see a lot of like just black pips running here because and it's almost like another heavier pierce strategy too. You see fusion borer, three energon axe, bigger they are. Uh, this deck has a lot of really, really cool things going for it. I think it's a really unique deck. You never really saw blue black decks happen before ATP2 formats kind of picked up. Uh, and Jazz really, uh, in my opinion, really leveraged the blue black archetype uh, for deck building as a whole. Um, and what's really, in my opinion, scary about this list is actually the sideboard option, which takes out Jazz or Overkill, depending on the matchup. Like, if you have a bad Jazz matchup, you go into Fire Drive. And let me tell you, I'm not sure if you've seen it, there's a mat there's a video of me on playing against Richard, playing Soundwave, and the amount of times the card draw is just insane. Because Soundwave draws a card when he attacks, Fire Drive draws a card when he attacks, and if you have Soundwave and Overkill on the field, and Fire Drive, that can be three bots in bot mode and you side into two mission briefings and you can consistently start to draw three just from playing a single mission briefing and it runs pocket processor i have lost games to the the sound wave fire drive combo of i'm gonna dump my 13 cards and come at you with plus 13. it's absolutely mad and it's really interesting because the fire drive usually is a card like you would send that out early because it's a battle master and you're really okay with sending them out early because they turn into a weapon. When I watched Richard play uh, this deck, and I'm assuming Ziggy also played, I, I didn't play against him, but I'm assuming he also did this, he would actually send the fire drive in last to protect the fire drive so that in that moment, 
you can actually get the fire drive attack when there's one character left and just blow them out because you have such a huge hand of cards and answers available it's a it's a really really cool control deck in my opinion uh this this eighth place deck here yeah it's it's a deck i would play hands down i i probably no surprise i used to be a blue player in magic as well so you know i i like those slow control decks that that win that war of attrition and this is my kind of deck you know it i, I was one of those guys that played springer from wave four with fire drive and just did that thing where you threw a load a million cards into your opponent and just i did that you know it's so good played that at pbg dallas yeah it's such a, such a good tactic and i don't think it's it's it hasn't been seen for a while certainly certainly i've not seen it and it's so cool to see that you know that cyborg option um it's interesting here as well like because obviously the normal sideboarding rules, you're only allowed to have one character in your sideboard, aren't you? So how did they get around that for the, the Spy Patrol and the, and the mini cassettes? So so the ruling in the official game, uh, this is actually just a tournament organizer thing, the ruling in the official game is characters from outside the game don't have to be in your sideboard uh, to bring them in. Uh, the tournament organizer, Dan, just requested that we put the Spy Patrols and the other cassettes that we're going to use just in that sideboard slot to make the, uh, to make it easier from like a logistics standpoint. Sure, sure. That makes sense completely because otherwise it'd be like, you know, um, what, do, what do they have? What do they, what do they not? Um, but no, that's 100% my kind of deck. Um, I definitely won't be playing something similar against you, Lee. <laughs> I can't wait to play more control. <laughs> Smiley faces all around here. No, it's really cool to see uh, the whole idea of a control deck because I don't believe this is me saying this because I don't play it competitively. I don't believe we've really seen like a control deck as much as this. How this one plays, I think, in the Transformers. Maybe Major Shock. Yeah, Wave, I was about maybe? to say Major Shock Wave was, but yeah, prior to the to the black the control, right? Yeah, prior to to Black Death. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Shockwave is the big, like, clear control deck. There's other, like, I would consider most blue decks to be control-esque in some way because they're constantly trying mm -hmm. to grind up to that, that end-game spot that you want to be in and waste your opponent's resources while you're building up. But, like, Major Shockwave and this definitely feel the most disruptive in terms of control. Does that make sense? Uh. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes 100% sense. So, yes, uh, congrats, Ziggy, for going eighth with a control deck using ATP2 Soundwave. Right. Attaboy, uh, Ziggy. Moving on. Number seventh. Here we go. Here we go, boys. So, we've got some Dinobots uh, uh, finishing in seventh. It's called Dinobot Beatdown. I'm assuming V4 means version four uh, by Spencer Beck. Now, um, right. We'll, we'll let Christian do the talking again. Break this down for us, bro. Uh, this is basically a very standard uh, upgrade to like Wave 1 Dinobot Beatdown, where it's very heavy on the orange pips to and bold to uh, just kind of blow out your opponent with a with big attacks, a Grimlock to get the trample damage over, playing Dino Chomp and I still function uh, to kind of leverage things like Sludge Healing or just get multiple attacks out of characters. Uh, big note, if you, if you look at the battle deck, you'll see cards like Electrified Spikes being played here. And it's kind of weird, right? Like, I've never seen Dinobot play that card. Well, there's a big reason for that, and that's because of the, the ATP-1 stratagems that were introduced for the Wave 1 Dinobots to bring them back up into a, a competitive light. Uh, and there are two here. So the first one is We Fix. So the We Fix stratagem says, uh, for, it's for Dinobot Sludge, Wave 1 Sludge. Your starting uh, star limit increases by one 
if you begin the game with only Dinobots on your starting team. So this stratagem does cost a star, but if you start with only Dinobots, it's basically free. And it says that each of your Dinobots has plus two health, and then when one of your Dinobots takes non-attack damage during your opponent's turn, and you have Dinobot Sludge on the battlefield, repair one damage from it. So this is actually a, a card that is supposed to... Uh, again, this was made for the full constructed format where things like Sky Shadow, Horrible, and Quake were just ripping people apart. This is to help combat things like Horrible Damage or Mag Ray. Like, Mag yeah. Ray dealing two to every Autobot is in just brutal, right? But with the Wii Fix, it's deal one from Mag Ray, heal one from Wii Fix, deal one from Mag Ray because you're an Autobot, and then heal one again from Wii Fix. So it completely nullifies Mag Ray at that point. That absolutely nasty degenerate card. But it's only while Sludge is on the battlefield. And then the next stratagem, Rampage. So this is the big one right here. Uh, this one costs a star. When you flip a Dino Chomp while one of your opponents, well, one of your Dinobots is attacking, it gets plus one attack to on the turn. And then when you flip either Jaws of Steel or Electrified Spikes while one of your Dinobots is defending, that get that Dinobot gets plus one defense until end of turn. So essentially, what this card does is it it if you run all the Dinobot support battle cards, you are essentially giving yourself nine orange and blue pips in the deck essentially is what this is doing it nullifies yeah. some of the feel bad of having to run like dino chomp even though it's a blue and you really focused on that blue orange strategy uh because it's still going to give you that plus one attack it's gonna and it allows dinobots to actually play a lot of more blue cards in their list if they would like to because of things uh, like rampage even though it only affects the dinobot cards this is one of those decks where i talked about like this is a deck that plays belligerence and hostilities really really well because dino chomp is essentially a orange blue if you flip if you play belligerence and flip a dino chomp you get the orange because it's now an orange pip but you also get the rampage trigger giving you plus one attack so it gets, it's essentially a double orange when you play belligerence uh otherwise this uh the deck is pretty uh pretty standard it plays the three rollouts and the three matrix to give you even more uh orange and blue cards in the lineup uh making your dinobots just feel incredibly sturdy like this is probably the pre the the premier three wide aggro deck of the ATP format so far, uh, just because it does what it, a three wide aggro deck needs to do. It hits hard, really hard when it wants to, but it also is very sturdy. Like these guys all have base two defense, at least in the modes that they want to be in for the most part, um, along with some of the, being that they can run a lot of these orange blue cards, and they get the we fix triggers. It makes them really resilient and sturdy that they otherwise weren't before and otherwise is like a really struggle for the three wide ar uh, orange archetype. So this this is a really premier example of like what some of like the Dinobot uh, support can do for you. I feel like, I think you covered it right there. It, it, it Playing Dinobots, if you wanna play Dinobots, I feel like this is this is a great starting point with some of the additions that happened in AT, ATP1. It, it just brought them back to the forefront because to be honest, we all love Dinobots. And then when we saw him, we were like, okay, the only real cool one's Grimlock. And that has to be because Grimlock's the man. But then it was just the other ones you're like, ah, oh, they're just kind of expensive for what they do and we can't run some of the big ones together, the most iconic ones together. Oh, that's sad. Ah, oh, sad pandas. Why can't I run the Triceratops to... Is the... What? Yeah. Oh, you know, it just... Good design, obviously, Wizards. I, I'll offer him on the all the time now. I'm, I'm I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. 
Because honestly, let's think about it. I, 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 then we never forgive him because of the Coneheads. Come on, honestly, guys. You know this right now. Like, you can't even play the Coneheads normally together. It's shocking. But, like, Dinobots, obviously, it's the beginning of the game. But, like, seriously, some of the most iconic ones, you can't have... We, well, it's Sludge in the game, but we know him as Slag over here in the UK. Like, you can't run him without taking, you know, one of the other good Dinobots out. And you're just kind of like, ah, oh, the fire-breathing Triceratops is just sitting on the, like, you know, on the sidelines crying. You know, he's just like, why won't nobody play with me? <laughs> he just didn't get played. He did not get played because he was rubbish. Um, I think I think after Grimlock, it was Sludge. Sludge is kind of like that repair engine, isn't he? He keeps Grimlock alive. Um, the deck kind of like uses repair in a really interesting way because you have the repair from WeFix if they happen to do direct damage to you uh, during your opponent's turn. Uh, I guess is a good thing to, to emphasize because if you're going against Quake and you kill a character and the Quake trigger happens, you actually don't repair from WeFix because it's only during your opponent's turn that that happens. Uh, but Sludge also, when a Dinobot attacks while he's in bot mode, you also repair another one. So there's there's like a lot of like repair that's like underlying in this strategy as well, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you nailed it with like saying that Dino Charm, Electrified Spikes, and Jaws of Steel, they all, they all effectively become orange blue. Effectively. Um, I think and that, that's what makes it so strong. I've gone against this deck on my channel. Claire's played a not, not as tuned version as this, but it was horrible. And I played it, I think, Lee, when you came to Plymouth, you go, oh, here's the Dinobots with the new stratagems, and they're horrible. They are horrible. Beat my face but in. But it's awesome. They are. They are really But it is good. horrible. But, it's, but, it, but, but to me, I feel like when it comes to the design aspect, this is what they were. They were dumb, stupid, brute force. And they didn't kind of feel like that when you played them. You were kind of like, oh, we're just going to go bold and that's the only way forward. Now, like, where the game's at, you can go either or. Like, I know, Dave, you've, you've talked about it with some of the newer Dinobots uh, with Salty. Like, you can go blue, you can go mixed. I even, for a Unicron uh, raid that I did on my channel, I went orange-blue with these guys, with the stratagems, and they stayed around for so long just because I played a multi-pit deck and you're just like oh look i don't have to be an idiot and just go all orange there are other ways bold is or not an option half the time guys i'm just saying it but it is kind of cool to see like their new 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 ideas with them and it was just so good to see the dinobots get some love because they're so iconic but it's really cool to see that and it's great to see dinobots again i know they're running a bit rampant in all the formats aren't they really at the atp at the moment as soon as they came out really wasn't it christian i know that for a fact well there was one tournament that there was i want to say like three or four in the top eight but otherwise i this is like one of the few times i've actually seen dinobots actually being played again uh, i i think he was like the only dinobot player in the the 34 players playing which is which i think is really interesting I think he, the Dinobots uh, is a very simple strategy that's incredibly effective, right? Like being able to play all those orange and blues, um, but they but they sometimes struggle with running out of steam if they don't have cards in their hand to play, uh, which is why you see him play three mission briefing in here. Be like, I'm gonna always have cards in hand, and he certainly did. I played against him twice, uh, once in Swiss where he, he uh, destroyed me, and then he, I got him back in top eight. But you know, looking at the sort of pip counts and stuff as well, you know, like yeah, it's heavy orange, but they're there's enough blue in there and when you add on the fact that there's another six blues that aren't blues that's how he's playing 15 like blue pips so they they've got a bit of staying power they do i like it i like it a lot yeah so congrats on make it making yeah. seven well good I job spencer flying flying that dinobot flag 
Um, right, moving on. Uh, number six, we have... I'm going to butcher his last name and I apologise. Um, is it Tim L. Elbridge? Uh, I, I can't pronounce that last name. Is that right? Or... I believe it's I believe it's Timmy Albrecht. Oh, Albrecht. Sorry, Tim. I apologise. Um, but here he is. Here's our boy Blaster. Running running Blaster with uh, Ramhorn, Steeljaw, Fangry, and Kreb. Wow. I wonder what this could be, guys. Um, so, Christian, break this down for us. So we have a Blaster uh, finishing sixth. I have to say, the Blaster deck was so exciting to watch play in the Swiss rounds. Uh, he there were six rounds in the Swiss rounds, and he was he finished five one. He almost went completely undefeated. This was such a an out of left field pick and deck to see play. And you know what? It just didn't so much work. So going over some of this list, we all know Blaster. You know you deploy out the cassette, you get to flip, you get to kind of cheat out that top card of your deck. You get the field com, and if it's something good, you're really excited. If it's an improvised shield, you feel really bad. If you notice though, he's not playing improvised shield. Yeah. So he is completely all in on the idea of like whatever I'm flipping with Blaster, it's gonna be really good. He actually has a fair amount of black pips in the deck. He's 28 orange pips with 12 black icons, kind of leaning more into like a slight bit of pure strategy. I think mm. predicting to see a little bit more of like a taller, more control heavy format potentially. He re he really kind of ran with that, playing things like increased durability. Uh, double belligerence main board, three fight for position, the three fusion board, which is just another solid upgrade. Uh, this deck just plays uh, the three precision fire. Also, is also a really interesting pick. Uh, I watched this this deck just play out, and the idea of like going first and having the like the fangry swing uh, with potentially like a grenade launcher or a fusion bore or a reckless charge that you flipped off the top with blasters effect is so potent and scary. It's mm. it's unbelievable. There's a lot of things that this deck has actually like a lot of game for. And I, pay, I pegged this as a rogue strategy, but I wouldn't be surprised if this sees more playtests bumped up to like tier two. Uh, definitely. It, it, it just put in so much work and it was always really exciting to see. Uh, the double mission briefing is also just like a really good call because when you flip blaster uh, to bot mode and then you have your cassette that starts in bot mode and if Fangry dies and you have Kreb, that's another draw three. It's usually almost always a draw two for you. It's just really good. And he also leveraged force field and medics and medics protective field, uh, not just the force fields for Ramhorn's ability. So actually getting use at a medics field was also really cool to see. This this is this is one of those decks I mentioned earlier of like, this is a a quintessential quintessential like orange. I'm a slap you in the face type of deck, uh, and it and it definitely like shows, like it show it shows in this design here. Mm. It's it's really interesting to see medics in there like. I haven't seen that for for eons, you know, not since, you know, Wave Four landed. You know, everyone was like, "Oh, safeguard's really good," and then everyone's like, "Yeah, hey, but there's loads of ping damage, so we just don't bother anymore." Um, so it's really interesting. To see. But like, obviously, Ramhorn allowing you to cheat that in and safeguarding up a guy, you know, you know, it's it's good. Reckless charge, obviously, is strong. You know, it's still good. Um, like you say, Christian, it's just punch you right in the face it's really really strong yeah i i i love it i i was i was intrigued going over the deck list going like so blaster has some amazing cards in that to himself but which ones did he oh yeah he included the pier six one the most important one obviously uh but it was interesting to see like which ones he might just go with but that one as a sideboard is pretty awesome because obviously that's like like you say it's mainly there just to oh yeah you've got blue ha fun times um 
but it is sad for blue players. I know, I know, Dave. You would cry if you saw a pier six, and even more possibly coming at you for Cleopatra. It would be pretty sad. Um, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 it would hurt. It would hurt. But there are the good thing is now there are answers. You know, you've got here's the thing. You've got here's the thing, and it's you know. That the, there are ways of doing it. It's funny, daring counterattack is actually a really big counter to here's the thing, Jazz, because it's a, it's that innate Pierce. It's just like I'm gonna hit this ten health yeah. Jazz for Pierce six, and you can't stop it. Oh no, we've just That's told it, everyone how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> play blaster, play blaster, guys. It's it's good. I, I like the toolbox he's got in the cyborg as well. I like the lose the initiative, the speed trap. He's you know lock, lock on blaze is another great card as well mm. for Metro. So um, you know not. It's yeah, it's good. Another 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 aggro deck. So yeah, it's cool. Absolutely love it. Super super cool. But yes, uh, congratulations, Tim. An awesome uh, rocking blaster. Super job. It's great to see him back on the board. Really really good. Okay, now moving on to oh boy, the first Stunticon deck, guys. Stunt on him. So this was run by our boy Stefan. Lovely Stefan. I know that guy. Love him to death. He ran, man, he ran Stunticons. That's amazing. And it's obviously the new new kind of lineup because of obviously Stunticon Don. That's really exciting. So, yeah, uh, Christian, break it down for us with this uh, Stunticon deck. So ATP2 introduced a lot of support for two combiners, Superion and Motormaster. And men, like the Stunticons have become such a force to be reckoned with, with the, with the added... Uh, uh, support that they got so first of all uh they got their new leader their new motor master which is an eight star so you start off with only four stunticons instead of the five uh but this also offers you to play two stratagems <coughs> excuse me uh the first one being high speed chase which is a, a, another stunticon support card uh where it has a it's a two-sided stratagem where it on the front side it gives each of your stunticons bold one and that's going to be important, uh, kind of going into the, the Mojo Master a little bit more here in a second. Uh, but it also acts as like your Enigma. Uh, when you combine into... Oh, wait. Oh, I'm reading it wrong. <laughs> At the end of your turn, if you have five Stunticon characters in bot mode on the battlefield and slash or in your KO area, you may combine them into Menasaur, Menacing Colossus. And then when you combine, you flip this card. And if you flip this card, uh, it gives a little bit of a buff you could say to Menasaur. first off it gives them an extra plus five health to bring him up to a rounded 40 which is much more up to the standards of the current metagame health totals it gives him plus one attack all the time and then he has it gives him two effects the first one happens all the time where every time he plays a second the second action for the turn uh he, he repairs one so he gets to be this kind of resilient character where he gets to play the two actions a turn and when he does, he's also benefited with a heal one. But that's not all. Uh, when he uh, gets to at least 30 damage on him, he becomes sturdy, which is a new keyword that the ATP2 team uh, implemented, where it's kind of like defensive driving, where if a character is sturdy, every time they would take attack, every time they would take damage from an opponent's card, so either attack damage or like ping damage from their cards, they would take that minus one. So if you if a Menasaur defended for five and you attack into him for seven, instead of doing two damage, you deal one to him while he has the sturdy ability. But it's only while he has thirty damage or more on him. So it's not a continuous ability. It's more like a, uh, it's like a it's like a cornered wolf ability. You could say like oh, Menasaur's back is in the corner, but he's about to power up and 
and uh, kind of unleash his final form on you, you could say. Uh, and then the other stratagem that's played in the Menasaur list is Villainous Spotlight, which gives, if you have a starting team of only Decepticons, you can have up to two extra stars of orange cards. And the, prim the premier orange card of choice is actually an upgrade called Ionizer Sword, uh, which is the third and final uh, support card that the Stunticons got. It's an orange-blue uh, Stunticon icon weapon. Uh, it puts on put on Decepticons only, and when your Minasaur Menacing Colossus attacks and you flip at least an orange-blue, you draw a card. So it's it, it also gives plus three attack, so it's like an Energon X for Minasaur. This deck is so, so, so fun. I can't even begin to, expre to express how fun this this like combo is. Uh, oh, and also Motormaster. Basically, what the, the new combiner leaders do is when you flip to, them to bot mode, uh, the whole time while they're in bot mode, uh, when one of your Stunticons with five stars or fewer attacks and you flip at least an orange-blue, you may flip that character to another mode. So the high-speed chase giving all your Stunticons bold one is to uh, support this acceleration flip ability that they have going uh, in their other in their leader's new modes. Uh, but going back, yeah, this deck is so much fun. This is literally like such a the epitome of a mid-range mix deck that Menasaur can play with. Your whole idea uh, of playing this is you just try to draw as many cards as you can before you combine into Menasaur with things like the Mission Briefing play I mentioned earlier, with Drag Strips effect, uh, Stunticon Enigma when you combine to draw an extra two whenever you whenever you need to, and then you draw the extra two when you combine, and all of a sudden you have this pool of like 10 to 11 cards in hand that you can just unleash on your opponent. And it feels so fun to play. Uh, this is a deck that plays War of Attrition so easily because you can play the three War of Attritions, you end up healing for four because one for Minasaur's effect and three for the War of Attrition, and then you still get to play a fifth action for the turn. Uh, the fact that Menasaur, when he's combined, has this, this interesting ebb and flow of, I'm going to play either double pump action, like two leaving the battles to get me up to plus six. I'm gonna uh, go all in on defense. I'm gonna play two secret actions, or I'm gonna play a belligerence, and I'm gonna play a secret action to defend myself and have this really interesting, unique dynamic of this character that consistently can just bring out answers. And he's just kind of, he's become this actually like terrifying force in the AP2 metagame. He, I would say he is definitely a tier one spot uh, in the in this metagame currently. And he's a, he's, a, he's a deck and character that I think people should have their eyes open for um, going into the Invitational coming up in this February, uh, just because he, he does so much and you can build the battle deck in so many different ways. Like this is just one iteration of Menasaur. There's another one a little higher up that we're gonna go over that looks completely different from this. It, it's so cool to see a combiner team top eight. Yeah, it is. Really it is. is, really, really is. Um, and it, like, you know, Stefan's just, it's like a toolbox of goodness. Like how many? Like you know, how often do you see one of this, one of that? You don't. You don't. You know, you might see if it's got a green pit, but it's like, it's just this tool pit toolbox of, of, just really ruddy good cards. It just really is. <laughs> it's just really, really good. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm tempted to pick that deck up and play it myself. Like it really is. It's so much yeah. fun. Do it. Do it. <laughs> do it. Do it, do it to quote uh, Palpatine. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> no, I'm 
No, I, I really like it. I, I have to agree with you, Dave. It feels like a toolbox. It feels like you're literally in the Stuntercon garage just going like, what works with him? Ah, oh, this, 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 maybe this, maybe that, whatever. But I, I feel like exactly how um, Christian explained it. It feels like you're just gearing up, getting all the card draw, and then going, hi, I'm a guy with a sword the size of a building. Now I can just do this, 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 and wreck you. Because obviously, Menasaur, you can play as many actions as possible. It seems ridiculous when he gets to that big form, isn't it? And you can get so much advantage. Uh, and card advantage uh, that I'm looking at here as well. It's just, it's just great. It's really cool. And I think one thing that is really interesting because there's so many different colored pips. Having that Master of Metallicato in there is really like key. Like there's so many different colors going on here. Like if you hit like the orange, the blue, the white, the green, and the black, there's just a casual five on a big guy who already is hitting you really hard already. Like that is scary stuff. And Scares. that doesn't even include any orange pips you flip for the attack. Or if you played a second Master Metallicato, because you can. And you can yeah. just oh, God. Plus 10. Or Jeez. realistically, plus 11 if you flipped an orange. That hadn't even occurred yeah. to me. That is that is savage. Um, wop, wop, wop. Yeah, totally. But I really, you know, it's just little things like the tech main main deck infiltrate one copy. I just love it. I'll belligerence you. No, you won't. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the one that I love in here. Yeah. Infiltrate. That's mad. I haven't seen infiltrate in ages. But then, my, my, I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving the fact he is at least running one Stuntercon swagger. Good, good, good choice there, Stefan. I, I love my swagger. I love that card. And if, when you can get it off, and with the idea of, like what Christian was saying, with all the card draw and everything, if you get it, you are laughing all the way to the bank. You're enjoying it way too much. It's, it's fantastic, you know. So, Stefan, you know fifth place well done with one of my favorite combiner teams so definitely definitely cool i love i love i love it i love it uh moving on then to number four. Oh boy look who it is oh it's our good friend rich wyatt oh from uh a lovely transforming game.net what what a guy what a guy love this guy so fourth he's running oh oh it's a uh, sound wave again actually it's the exact same deck list as is it the same the exact same deck list oh and i uh, and i found out why and i i asked about this just out of curiosity uh and i think and i just want to make another point about the community uh uh one of these players asked the other one if they could have a deck list for the tournament because they didn't have a lot of time to like play test and they just wanted uh, to play something and they offered the deck list of exactly what they were going to play and they took with it that's know? so cool and so it's cool, right? Like, like you see, you sometimes think of like these competitive communities. Like, I'm gonna hide my secret tech. You can't see my deck list, so you're gonna copy it, and it's gonna blow everyone's minds. It's like, not really. Everyone loves to share what they build. Like, you, you'll see people ask, mm -hmm. like, "Hey, can I get a deck list for something like that?" And people are like, "Yeah, here's mine. Here, check this out." And it's a really cool like moment of like being able to share like experiences in the game through deck lists. And it, this is kind of a good example of that. Like, I mean, it's it's card for card exactly what Ziggy won. Uh, Ziggy ran, and it's. I mean, it's. We, I mean, we said what we had to earlier about this list. It's really, really good. It's a great control deck. But I just wanted to make that point to emphasize the just the cool culture uh, that kind of this tournament series has kind of brought about. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, I think yeah, this is the deck I played, and it's not fun, but it's cool because it's control and it's really, really like different. We touched on it earlier about the whole 
Only Major Soundwave really did that. And it's kind of cool to see, you know, those kind of archetypes creeping back in. Maybe, maybe there's more control out there and people just haven't seen it yet. I think that's the best thing about bringing new cards and, like, reviving old characters again is bringing in, like, playstyles, like, similar to Magic and other stuff that people have played that, you know, not a lot of people have done. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna look forward to playing against this this week against Dave uh, and uh, we'll see how it how it does against my jank deck it'll be groovy it'll be fantastic well, my, my, my deck is quite different to this because I'm rubbish so like I don't have all of all, all of this in, in here at the moment but you never know I've got two days You've got two days to make some amazing tweaks, like, you know, inflate might, those tires and twist, twist, uh, twist some nuts and bolts and change it a little bit, you know. You know, one thing I was going to say is it's really nice to see in a competitive game, um, like, all archetypes being represented and not just aggro. And I think that's really, really important because not everyone wants to play aggro you know like in my local meta we've got one guy all he wants to do is flip as many oranges as he possibly can and kill your characters real quickly but that's not strategy i personally like i like playing control so wave five for me really killed um that kind of feeling of, of being able to to viably play it so it's really really cool to see that archetype in there yeah absolutely it's super cool yeah well done richard you're amazing I know you love me, so there's no need to brown nose you anymore, mate. It's great. <laughs> so, moving on to the top three, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, now this is a combo Dave and me have talked about a little bit on this channel. Maybe a little Just bit a with some of the art cards, <laughs> a little bit, because we know you like your cards. So this was done as uh, so a third place finish Tom, uh, is Thomas Gemti, and he's running It Kinda Works, which I kind of <laughs> like. Uh, and, he's, and he's running uh, Wheeljack... Cliff Jumper, Drift, and It Works, which is the fun uh, strat for Wheeljack. So uh, break it down for us, Christian. So I just want to preface really quickly that that Jemty, uh, Thomas Jemty, we refer to him as Jemty usually, uh, he has the best names for every deck list he comes up with. He uh, he played the Dinobots deck in a, in a one-day event recently, and you can see it, I think it's in the tournament section, and he called the deck uh, Knuckle Draggers Anonymous, which I just killed me. It was the funniest thing. <laughs> <laughs> he always tells up with the best names. But this deck, this this deck is really, really cool. So uh, a cards deck in the ATP format kind of looks different depending on the, on the, the tournament format. Uh, because uh, Legendary Warrior B, a, another car uh, that got some love in ATP 1, is banned in Titan 1, or his stratagem, I should say, is banned in Titan 1. But Wheeljack's is not. So Wheeljack's stratagem, it works, in case you don't know what it does, is you can tap it if you begin the game with only Autobots, and you can draw two cards and scrap two cards from your hand, and then you may play an armor or utility. And then you flip this card, and then on both sides of it, it says when your Wheeljack weapons inventor attacks while upgraded with a utility, flip them to another mode after this battle. So it's actually... It doesn't sound like it's that strong of an ability, uh, especially the like the flip if you have an, a utility effect. But what that ability does is actually like, for one, it actually gets Wheeljack back into the mode. It, you can attack in the mode that he wants to in the bomb mode. You can def but you can defend in alt mode where he has one extra defense, and then you're already set up for your next turn to play a, an upgrade on a car, which triggers his like filter effect in car mode. 
and you can flip them back again, which triggers another cliff jumper draw. So it's a, it's another one of those like on paper effects. Like doesn't seem like that strong, but the synergy it has with other cars and cliff jumper specifically is kind of is just incredible. Just with like just a really simple effect as that, and then of course the the free confidence swindled esque effect you get you can play during any time in the game if you had all Autobots is also just like especially strong. That that combo of Wheeljack and Cliff Jumper is insanely good. With it works. It's really, really good. Yeah. Because <clears throat> you're netting so much card draw and filtering and you're you're gonna get exactly what you want um to, to you know just sort of keep keep you know you you're digging for an untap. You get it. It's really really good. I feel I feel like that's what Wheeljack is, isn't it? That basically it works makes him feel like well, just without it works, he's got a really cool mechanic built in, and it just feels like the character of, of Wheeljack. If you've read him in the comics, if you've watched him on the TV series, or any incarceration and stuff, just it works on him is now, I dare I say, it an auto-include, just because it just makes other cars that didn't really see the table even better as well. Like, you don't have to run the cliff jumper if you don't have all the money in the world. Yeah. You don't need to worry about running cliff jumper. You can run some of the other cars. You don't even have to run Autobot cars. You can just run loads of other madness because it's cars. So, you know, it's pretty sweet. I, 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 I would, I, pretty positive saying that if I ever go back to play Wheeljack, I'm probably always going to play It Works all the time, depending if I'm playing it with cards. It's a really really uh, good stratagem yeah and just to kind of go back to what you said Dave about the the filtering capabilities of the deck it is kind of insane because you get the filter from the it works stratagem you get wheeljack's alt mode ability that filters along with that you draw with cliff jumper he runs three confidence which is just even more flipping and then I mean just this deck list right here this is the other aggro deck that I said it was like it's an aggro deck but it plays a lot of like non-orange cards or cards that don't necessarily reflect that i'm gonna beat you in with a bunch of bold uh strategy but it plays a ton of just really strong one of like just cards like it, this is an orange deck that plays three leaving the battles uh this plays three rock toss out of nowhere uh, this is another <laughs> deck that plays belligerence really really well this is the deck that plays the one stealthiness you can you can slap you like you, you with your it works strategy you can slap a stealthiness on someone right away uh, one Master Sword, the one Lockdown Lasers. He plays a ton of really cool one ofs But my favorite card that he plays here is the Triple Field Communicator. Now, let me let me explain what he what he did to me, because I played against Jumpty in Swiss, and it was just devastating. He used It Works in the beginning, uh, right away when he went first, to draw two, scrap two, then play the Armor Utility. He played a Field Communicator onto Wheeljack while in Alt Mode. So he drew one scrap. So he played the field com communicator off the top, which got him to a confidence, which he confidenced into a leap into battle. And then he had a weapon in a scrapyard, flip clip jump, clip wheel jack to drop a clip dropper, then swing wheel jack into my Megatron for like 11 damage turn one. <laughs> what? Oh, it was wow. ridiculous. What? Yeah, it, it was wild. Oh my gosh. But the fun, the most interesting thing, is like you're saying, he's using a lot of cool one-offs and a lot of interesting things. But also the fact is, if it's not working out for him, he can just take out Drift and bring in the beat stick known as Wind Charger. Yep. So if you wanted to try and run this deck, guys, it's going to cost you a pretty penny. It's almost like showroom cars a little bit because you are run, looking at a cliff jumper and a, a Wind Charger. 
They're not, they're not, they're, you know, they're, they're a bit expensive, those cards. <laughs> you know. But Drift, man, I freaking love Drift. Drift is Drift cool. Is super cool. Drift is super cool. It is super interesting. Because, like like we say, like, I, I thought, like, Drift would be played in a lot of cars decks. Because it's just, he just hits so hard. And he's so just ridiculously awesome. It's it's really cool. It's really cool to see Drift in the top in the top three. Like, yeah, it just shows how, how much cool design went into that card. Other Tom finishing third. Good job. And also running our favorite boy Drift. Well done. Well done. <laughs> now, we'll move on to the second place, which was Drew, uh, Drew Pennington, uh, and he again. Well, look at this, Dave. What is this? We have more Stuntagon shenanigans. Our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Ah, oh, I just wanted to say, that clip never gets old, just saying is all. But, Stuntercons, man, and another combiner in the top three as well. And even though we're talking about the top eight, but second, man, Stuntercons, what's going on? So, uh, Christian, break, break down this deck for us, bro. So I talked about uh, Stefan's Minasaur list and like an avenue that one can take playing the Stunticons. Well, here we have another, like like I said before, St Minasaur and the Stunticons can be built in so many different ways. It's kind of insane. Here's a different avenue that Drew approached. This is overwhelming advantage, Stunticons. And you can tell like he's all in on the multi-pip cards. Like he's running triple rollout and triple matrix of leadership to get the orange blue triggers. Uh, for his characters, he's running belligerence, he's running hostilities, he's got crowns, terrifying resilience, and backup beams for his overwhelming advantage play. He only runs one of them, but he does have a second one in the sideboard. The fact that Menasaur can, uh, as an OA deck, is so interesting to me because you can kind of build up a character in the background, like like your Mona Master, uh, with your upgrades uh, pretty easily. Uh, you're constantly drawing cards, so you're going to see them kind of early on as well. But the fact that you can play overwhelming advantage. And then play a counter espionage to either get rid of a sab arms or an end hostilities if your opponent set that at the same time is absolutely wild or an oa and a master metelicado or an oa and a secret action to defend yourself there's so much that this deck is doing and it's super impressive in my opinion this is such a cool list uh i, I dare say probably one of the coolest lists in, in the whole tournament uh, but i just love overwhelming advantage yeah i love it too this i yeah, I don't know how to add to that. Like, it's really cool to see, like... Yeah, when when you build OA or Overwhelming Advantage decks, you're, you're all in on certain pips. And finding that right ratio is always interesting. But obviously, with the Decepticons now, it's really interesting because you will see, you know, the Terrifying Resilience, Decepticon Crown, uh, the Backup Beams, all, the, all these things building up to the correct pip to trigger overwhelming advantage but it's always funny when you see it because you don't know when they're doing it until someone goes oh yeah i'll play decepticon crown and like if you've played enough transformers the first thing you say is like they're either kind of going theme or they're playing overwhelming advantage like that's the <laughs> so first true. thing that jumps to mind like i think that was me when i was testing in the for the for atp3 when i was testing one of the characters and i played a crown they're like we have not seen OA run with this guy. Let's see how it works. And it was hilariously filthy when it would eventually work. Um, but yeah, oh man, I, I didn't even think of overwhelming advantage for Stunticons. That's 
It could be blasphemous. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Dave? I really, I really think it's an interesting deck list. What I like is it's not all in on the OA either. It can literally just beat down without it. Yeah. You know, he's got he's got Energon Axes, he's got, you know, the Belligerence, the Master Metallicato, so he doesn't have to go the OA route. He can just beat face without that. But if you if if you get caught by the OA, it, it normally kills someone. It's it is yeah. It's a really good card, you know. It's a different set, but I've been running 108 in my Galvatron build, and he is like it just just blows people out of the water. You just go boom! I'm gonna swing with with my Menasaur into this guy because I'm gonna kill him, and then I'll OA that other guy off the board. Really, really good. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, OA is super cool to play, super fun, and yeah, it is kind of interesting to see it. Like, especially how you've just said, it's like, he has got a lot of pips to pull it off, but also he has a lot of things to basically go, you know what, it's there, so I'm going to keep my my opponent guessing. Like, do like if he sees OA come out, he's kind of like, oh, then he's he might be distracted just because OA is, you know, in his hand, or he knows it's, you know, he could build up to that, but still, like, beat people down is pretty awesome to see. Mm. Yeah, that's it. You, you could not even have that as your route for that game. You, you could be just, I'm just going to beat face, but they're so scared of the overwhelming advantage. This is cool. I like it. It's a very, very interesting take on it. You know, and it's nice to see that the list is very different to the other Stunticon list that Stefan was playing. I love the fact that even though he's playing like Rollout and Matrix, which are cards that literally do not help him at all, except for when he flips it, he actually mitigates that like dead card, like the, the large amount of dead cards he's running because he's running 16 green pips in his deck. That means he has 16 cards that he can easily swap a Matrix or Rollout in hand to just make his hand better. I think that's so clever. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's putting those orange blues back in the deck. It's it's really good. It's really, really good. I won't, I won't lie. <laughs> it's super awesome. It's super awesome. And it's great, again, to see a combiner. Uh, in the, it, well, two combiners, should we say, in the top eight. It's really, really cool. So congrats, Drew. Well done. Uh, but now this, this boys and girls, what the what the absolute heck is going on here? Absolutely love it. So, first and guest on this podcast is Christian Young running Living Weapon Megatron, and then Brawn and Night Racer and the stratagem Such Heroic Nonsense. So that's the Living Weapon strat, which I'm looking forward to eventually getting around to playing at some point. But Christian, let's break down your. Oh, we can say it. Championship winning deck. Let's break it down, mate. Because Living Weapon is educational. Let's just call it that, should we say? Let's see. <laughs> let's see. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, see what your thoughts were building this and what you've got uh, cooking. So to preface this, the mega. So I really want like when I enter tournaments, I love playing new decks. Like I love playing decks I haven't played in other tournaments before. I think it just helps me as a player diversify. Like what decks I'm, I'm, I'm decent at, or what decks I'm learning. It just, it makes me just feel good as a player to be able to play things different at different tournaments, and this format really allows that. But Living Weapon Megatron is actually a card uh, with his HP1 stratagem that I have seen like no play whatsoever. I saw one person run it in the first Invitational, which was the first uh, time an ATP set was like legal. Uh, it didn't. It got to like top 16, I think, but that was it. I haven't seen another Living Weapon Megatron since, and I really wanted to try to crack this, especially in Titan One, where like the power level is a lot lower than full constructed. So I think 
I thought the Living Weapon Megatron uh, stratagem and, and strategy uh, had a lot more time to shine uh, in this. So such heroic nonsense, in case you don't know what it does, it's a stratagem for Living Weapon Megatron that gives him plus 3 health up to shockwave levels at a 14 star, and weapons on your Megatron Living Weapon can't be scrapped by your opponent's cards. So that's, that's the big thing. You're able to build up Megatron into this overwhelming presence super quickly that he's supposed to be. And your opponents, unless they're running uh, specific cards like Disarm, Catch Off Guard, Take By Surprise, or uh, uh, Raider Overkill's Revenge Ability, uh, they're not going to be able to remove the upgrades off of Megatron. And so I wanted to leverage that into an overwhelming advantage strategy with using cards like Combat Dagger, Backup Beam, and Paralyzo Box as my upgrade color suite, and being able to get that bold three, playing a very heavily mixed pip deck, as you can kind of tell from uh, the battle icon ratios here. I really wanted to lean into the ability of like, I'm going, I can, if I can go for OA, I'm going to go for it. But I also really wanted to lean into the idea of I can't, that I don't have to go for OA. That I'm going to have a backup strategy for this deck that if I don't get OA, I'm not going to care. And so I really leveraged uh, Paralyzo Box as Megatron's ironic weapon of choice, which is something you probably don't hear every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, he can he can put three of them on, right? He can put three of them on, and the ruling with Paralyzer Box is if you have multi more than one on a character when you attack, uh, the card that your opponent reveals at the top of the deck doesn't change because it's not flipping for battle, it's you're just revealing it. So if you have, like, two Paralyzer Boxes on Megatron and you call blue for the first one when you attack and it's an orange, you that card doesn't change, and you can call orange for that second Paralyzo box. So it's at least, if you have two on Megatron, it's at least a guaranteed plus four every time. Not even including the idea of that you could have a third one uh, on Megatron, and you could guess it correctly, getting Megatron up to a plus 12 attack character. And the fact that uh, I have two, two of my three characters are ranged, the green pip from uh, Paralyzo box is super, it makes it super consistent to find. Uh, I also ran a card that I wish I ran three of in this list because it was by far the best card in the whole deck. Take by surprise from HP2. Dealing an orange action that you deal one of your characters one damage and you get to put an opponent's upgrade on top of their deck. What this means is I, not only can I put armors like sparring gears or force fields from my opponent on top of their deck, I know exactly what color to call for Paralyzer Box now and to guarantee that damage, which otherwise could be a little bit more of a crap a crapshoot to see. Um, I did run things like one Energon Axe, uh, Armed Hovercraft, Scoundrel's Blaster, uh, a couple uh, st Sturdy Javelins for my other characters like Night Racer and Brawn to kind of get more uh, like more damage in. Uh, but the beauty is what's really cool about this list is um, you can just spend most of your, like every turn just suiting up Megatron because Brawn doesn't need a weapon to attack with because he has that innate pierce in him. Uh, Night Racer, he's, she's not really there to be an attacker, more of like a more defensive option and a ranged support character, also being a Decepticon to help plan for overwhelming advantage. So every turn you play an upgrade, you can just put a weapon on Living Weapon Megatron, and he just like, by the time you get to swing with Megatron, he could have like 2-3 weapons on him, and already swing for like, over like 10-15 damage into a character. And it just, it puts your character, your opponent, on such a clock, because not only are they gonna have trouble, like, their sabotage armaments, doesn't stop Megatron. They also have to be worried of the prospect of like um, uh, the fact that when he flips to all mode, he can just start giving weapons to his other characters now if he doesn't need them anymore. Like Ron with an Energon Axe uh, can be just devastating. 
Uh, there's This was such a fun list uh, for me to play. I did have a two tall option in the board in the new ATP2 Soundwave, which is why you see all the cassettes and spy patrols in there. I did it once, uh, no, I did it two or three times, and I lost I lost uh, the two games I did it, or I did it three times, I lost twice, but I did one one game by doing this. I think it's a really interesting strategy. Um, I definitely would not put the Soundwave as my sideboard character again. Uh, I think I'd rather have like Huffer, another ranged character other than Braun if I really needed it, because let me tell you, the amount of times that I flipped Paralyzo Box while Braun was battling was way too many to count, and it was really depressing. <laughs> Just utterly depressing. But no, this this was such a fun list for me to play. I'm excited to like kind of like revamp it in a little bit here to just kind of see like what things I would change out now that I played it. I think it's really really fun that you you touched on like just like um, what uh, Drew did uh, with his overwhelming ad uh, advantage deck was like you have that option, but also at the same time you can avoid it. So you you know there are other ways around it. So it's just another scary threat on the board, and yeah, just. I think hearing about that like paralyzo box trigger okay i got it wrong well i have another one and if i'm lucky i might have another one so there's another eight on a character which i think is his, his attack is normally seven isn't it right off so uh that's scary big numbers before you even flip and stuff so just two paralyzo boxes is 15 base attack alone not even counting any orange slips you happen to flip because you are pretty mixed but that feels like a megatron to me that feels like a megatron just saying it just feels so powerful which he should be. Dave, your thoughts? Yeah, pretty much um, everything you guys touched on. Obviously, Chris, you've, you've, well, that sounds like a real cop out. I was like, yeah, everything you said. But no, it, you know, you know, Christian has, has explained in great detail why it works so well for him. Um, and again, I just like, it's not a slave to that theme. It's not a slave to the overwhelming advantage. It's not, I'm trying to do this at all costs. It's like, if I get it, that's fantastic. But if I don't, I'm just going to kill you with my gigantic Megatron hurting you. Which is, again, what you said, Lee. Yes, Megatron. He should be doing that. Um, you know, it's interesting to see the fuel cache. Was that just for the pips, I guess? It was just for the pips. I used it yeah. once in the finals. Yeah. And uh, what I do, I will say this. The fuel cache is actually kind of an interesting interaction. <clears throat> because when I used it in the finals, I had no upgrades, like, at all in my hand. And I had no weapons in my scrap pile, and I was about to flip Megatron to alt mode. So I actually played the fuel cache to either A, get some weapons in my hand, or B, get weapons in the scrap pile if I missed, so I can just grab them back with Megatron. Uh, well, funny enough, I, I that, missed... That's really cool. Yeah. it's It was cool, except I, I missed getting the trigger to put in my hand, and the only upgrade I flipped was a handheld blaster, so it really didn't feel that great. Oh. It was pretty rubbish, but the pips are there, yeah. Like, this is a, I mean... I, the pips are there, yeah. and the potential. It has potential. It has, you know, it has a place in the deck, so that, that's really cool. Um, yeah, again, just running the staples, Master Metallic Arto is obviously insanely good in the mixed deck. Um, equipment Enthusiast is very, very, very good with Living Weapon. Yeah, I, um, that's a fun card. Yeah, I, I likes I, I likes it. I, you know, I can't really say anything else. You won, so, you know, obviously <laughs> you're doing something right with it. So it's really good. Really, really good. I really have a crazy idea, like brewing in my mind right now. If you, if you wanted to get rid of the OA overwhelming advantage and just kind of run hilariously steamroll, honestly, like, like that is I horrific. Think that's a like total even thinking strategy. about that, that's like just thinking out, uh, like 
off the board, you can get like what if you if those paralyzo box hit, and then you've also got that, and then you've got steamroll. You're then doing a stupid amount of damage before flips, and then however much you KO by, you then put that additional damage on another character is scary. That is instead of like kind of like build him up to like well we're gonna try and go the OA route like even steamroll just even though it's a blank pip that card is just having grimlock's ability is insane like i might have yeah. to have a go at this christian i might have to try it honestly i think you say that like i i never even considered that i think that's such a brilliant strategy like if you go a little bit less mixed and focus more on like the like the the tougher blue side of things uh but still play those steamrolls with those paralyzer boxes i mean I mean, yeah, it, it, that can just put in work. And then you like, think that's such a cool yeah. idea. And then, I really like and that. And then thinking about the idea of just making sure you can control your players, like your players' um, deck output. So like, like you've already got the um, what's the card? Where is it? Take by surprise. So you've already got that in there. So you're guaranteed that. So you know, you probably go more like the hilarious brain brainstorm um, storm route and kind of get the play of. Right, I know what color pit that is. I've got the paralyzer boxes. My second action will be steamroll. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Like, oh god, I'm going to try and build that. That's that's my next deck, Dave. I'm, I'm writing it down before I forget. Steam okay. roller. Okay. <laughs> Steam roller living weapon. That's what I've got to do. Uh, that sounds way too much fun not to. Dave, you got anything to add? Congratulations, man. That's a real, real good achievement to to go into a tournament with living weapon and top it. I think that's Thank absolutely you, fantastic because it's not something pre ATP we would have seen. So, I will yeah, say well done, I mate. did um, one time in the tournament that I do a brainstorm double OA and it was unfortunately against my own brother and it was the, it was quite, it was quite the scene. Yep. You, you, you really did want to yell such heroic nonsense right there, didn't you? But you felt like you should hold back against your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I sure didn't hold back against my brother. I probably won't be invited to Christmas next year, but that's <laughs> <laughs> so. So, oh, so it. before we move move on from the tournament, how how was it? Um, just uh, on the outside looking in, like for for me, how how was it talking to? Obviously, you know a few of these players that are in the top eight, but like your experience throughout the tournament in all, because obviously we touched on it at the beginning of the episode about like possibly meeting new people and you know and, and engaging with people you probably not met before. How how was it ran overall for you and like meeting new players and stuff like that? So for me, as, uh, this tournament especially, I don't think I played against anyone I have not played against before. Ironically, I played against uh, four of the matches I played were all against people from Minnesota. So I've already met them. One was against Scott, one was against Jemty, and twice against Richard. I mean, I really met all these people before. Um, fun fact, though. <coughs> excuse me. Uh, Drew, the, the second place finisher. I actually played against him in PPG Dallas before, and it was really fun to to play against him again And ever, after having like that one battle uh, back in like October of last year. Be like, hey, I played against you in PPG Dallas. Let's uh, let's play again. And it was, it was a really fun moment there. Uh, but it's... I mean, just in general, uh, it is always like a lot of fun meeting meeting people, uh, especially new. I always get excited when I have to play against someone new, which doesn't happen too often anymore because I played in a lot of tournaments and played against a lot of the people on there. But there's still a fair amount of people I have not played against yet within a tournament. Cool. And so it's it's always it's always a pleasure. Everyone's always so nice. Everyone's super cool. It's I can't say I can't say better things about it. I think. Sweet. That's really cool to say. Right. So I think that was a very 
you know, that was a very sizable main, I think. You know, that steak was quite juicy. It was, it was quite filling, you know. And I think it's now time for a little bit of some cheeky dessert, shall we say, Dave. Because we've got a fair few questions, haven't we, pal? We have. It's time for a bit of pudding, as we would like to say here in England. Pudding. Some pudding. Huh? Um, yeah, there's, like, thank you, everyone, that commented on, on the Facebook post. Um, really, really, really cool to have um, the quality of questions this time. You know, like, I'm blown away, actually. There's some, some big names here on this list, isn't there? There is. Let's face it. There is. It's the, a the first one might be the world champion. Maybe. Um, <laughs> Maybe the might world. Be the world champion. So let's get straight into so, Teletran then, bro. Let's do this. Let's get straight into it. Let's go. From the secret files of Teletran 2. In the days of Megatron, Decepticons developed the art of espionage using cassette so, technology. Chris, yes. This is from Dan Arnold, the, uh, the, the, the champion. He says, what has been your favorite battle card added to the format? Mm, easy answer. Easy. That is take by surprise. That, that card, <laughs> I just love that card so much. For obvious reasons, as we explained before. Uh, I mean, there is a lot of really cool battle cards um, uh, in ATP2. I love, uh, oh man, I love Bullseye Aegis, a, a double orange star card for the Junkion format. That's like, it's like, it gives like Brave, Bold One, and Plus One Defense to a character as an armor. But again, it's a star card. Uh, so, I mean, that's such a cool card to see and play in Junkion. Um, there's a lot uh, in there so far. I think just from that set alone, Survive is really nice. Um, but I think definitely Take My Surprise is one that just, like, shot way up to my favorites from this last tournament. Da um, Dave, do you have one of your favorite card set from those guys? Because I've got mine. Mine's Catch Off Guard Take My Surprise. Nice. Really, really, really good tool toolbox cards. I think they're really cool. I've not really played with any of the star cards yet. Um, normally because I just get greedy with my characters. But I, I do think, you know, when, when I was spoiling, uh, I spoiled Spotlights. And like Dan said, you know, these cards are all designed with Junkion in mind. Because there's quite often like a, a few stars left over. Um, I love the look of Lock on Lasers. I think that card, you saw it in a lot of sideboards. I think that's yeah. a really cool card as well. That card's really good. Yeah. Um, mine, because I'm currently building something hilarious with for my good friend Matifer and the next deck tech challenge, is Interrogation. I love that card. That card is stupid fun for black pips. Like, the, the, the ability to just do one damage to one of your characters, and then just, your opponent reveals their hand, and you scrap a card from it that has one or fewer battle icons. So that gets rid of the, well, let's just say, the name of our podcast uh, cards that can which people still play one shall stand one shall fall you know the the, the I still um, function the i still functions which you know wait i still function you know that clip's being played boys sorry he knew that was going to happen um but <laughs> it's also really it good i know everyone will be disappointed if that clip doesn't get played but it's it's, it's interesting because it's because it's such a great toolbox as well obviously it's a downside taking a point of damage but then that works really well with a horrific card called horrible like that's really really strong which I yeah. did avoid saying that. Windsweeper. Windsweeper loves it. You know, it's really versatile, yeah. and I love it because I'm putting in a, a blue bugs healing stupid deck with a big bombshell, just saying is all, just because I want to see what's coming out that might stop my uh, opponent from allowing me to scrap a lot of cards from my hand to do some shenanigans. Our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. 
Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. Right, uh, question number two then, Dave. Um, I'll let you do, because I've done a lot of talking. I, w I want you to t handle the questions this week. I want you to, to have, okay. have some fun. I'm, I'm like the quiz master. Yeah, you can be, you can be quiz the quiz master. master this week. Do it. Do it. <laughs> okay. So this is again, this is from Dan again. It says, what stratagem has felt the most important to the meta game since being released? So I gave a bit of a, uh, I mentioned this earlier when talking about jazz, but definitely here's the thing, the jazz stratagem is the most important uh, stratagem to the meta game since it was since since like the release. But there's a couple reasons for that. One, obviously it's like really strong uh, coming from the Wave 5 format, which was just strictly orange black decks that you know blue decks couldn't have a, any hope of surviving in a format where like constant damage is always being pinged uh the fact that jazz exists to kind of mitigate that it doesn't completely stop it like i would actually argue that jazz still has a bad matchup against sky shadow and quake but what it does is it slows it down enough to make like other strategies viable and possible and that's kind of like even a bigger thing about here's the thing the, the here's the thing stratagem it forces players to respect that it exists. I, 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 I try and keep up to date with what's going on with Vector Sigma in their tournaments. I've not seen so many dark mounts in my life appear because of, you know, Staraxxus lives. That's amazing. Um, he's everywhere, yeah, he's which everywhere, is great to see because everyone forgets about that lovely guy. But yeah, the, the most broken one is obviously the I don't believe in destiny. Like everyone knows like that one. I, I built a hilarious rude deck called The Boys a few podcasts back, and I have played it, and it's it's not fun. It's not fun, so I will not play it all the time because Jetfire and Magnus is a rude combo. With that, it's a very rude combo. Yeah, if you're not prepared for it, it could it could smite you. Oh yeah, it can. Hundred percent. Dave, uh, let's go to the next question because it's again a popular face of the ATPs. This is from uh, Richard Wyatt and it is, what would you say the biggest difference is between full constructed and Titan 1 as formats and which do you prefer right now? So I kind of mentioned this earlier when going over the different formats that are available for the for the ATP tournaments. Like full constructed is definitely like, it's the fastest format uh, that's available right now. Like that is where Sky Shadow and Quake exist. Uh, that is where, uh, you know, Heed the Call, Metroplex, Rally exists. Like, there's is a much more aggressive feeling format where, you know, control decks still can shine, obviously, just looking at, like, Jetfire and Soundwave and Perceptor and all that. Uh, but that that format is inherently much faster and much more, like, aggressive in nature just by virtue of the cards that are now ban that are banned for Titan 1 that still exist in that format. Uh, it doesn't allow as much like rogue or tier two options to shine as much in that format if that makes sense like they can still totally pop up and totally do well but you're not going to see as much like it's a much it's a much more rigid format uh kind of going like if you go into that you it's a it's a lot more like i i don't play i never really play magic but i want to say it's like it's like standard in magic is that the one where it's like it's not rotation it's like the whole like set of magic oh that's like vintage legacy and moderns and non-rotating format with like certain cards yeah like they're, they're all like hyper fast so yeah full construct is going to be that kind of um 
analogy is, is, is very similar to like Vintage and Legacy where you're getting those quick kills and it's a lot more, you know, a combo is more prevalent than that. But that's, combo is not as big in Transformers. It exists, but it's not as prevalent. Yeah. Thankfully, you know? thankfully um, it's not. Yeah. So, yeah, I think so. The thing is combo is very non-interactive game play style. Um, I've never, it's never been something that, you know, when, when someone combos off in a game of magic, you're like, well... I kind of sat here for like 10 minutes whilst you, you did your thing sort of thing but it's it's nice that Transformers doesn't have that you know you know what what do you prefer do you prefer Titan 1 because it's got a bit more variety Titan 1 is such a fun format like the decks that you see in a Titan 1 like a field of Titan 1 you're always like shocked like oh my gosh look at this oh my gosh this is doing well you know it's it's cool to see people like really flex the creativity uh, of the game like it's like Titan One just allows that, right? Like I don't think I'd be able to win a tournament with Living Weapon Megatron in a full constructed environment. I, I mean, maybe, maybe possible. It's just way more of an uphill battle than in the Titan One format, and where those, where those rogue tier two strategies just can have a lot more time to shine. And it's just, it's fun. So, you know, it's another question from Rich. Sort of moving on, it says, "What did you expect to do better than it has in the competitive ATP meta game?" Mm, that's a really interesting question. I think like a cop-out answer obviously is like Living Weapon Megatron, uh, just I guess because I won the tournament with them and I did not expect to do very well with him, uh, or as well I guess I should say in the in the competitive ATP meta game. Uh, but I mean like there's a, there's some other like really like standout like characters that I think just have done like like really well, like Blaster, like the Blaster deck here in top eight. Like I I had no idea like that a Blaster deck could get as far as it did. In, in the Titan One event, like I mean, it, yeah, I mean, he was just slaughtering folks. It was incredible to watch. I, I mean, I can't even, I can't say more about it. Like, I think, I think Blaster is my number one like pick there. Uh, Living Weapon Megatron. There's so many. Like the ATP meta games, in my opinion, are just so like blown open and they're so filled with variety that like that answer, that question, the answer can that can change from tournament to tournament. So we've got. Um... This is Rich again, isn't it? He, he's asking a lot of questions, which is cool. He's on it, man. He just—it's all the all the all the blows. He he wants he hasn't he's done questions it. in a while, so he wants to splurge on this episode. I'm happy with that. That's great. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. Totally. Is what battle cards really perform well in this tourney? Do you expect a similar performance in the upcoming Invitational? Well, we've kind of touched on the big two, haven't we? Like belligerence and and end hostilities and, and and the sort of one and done weapons. Um. Would you expect them to be a rinse and repeat performance? I, I, I'd probably be inclined to say yeah. Yeah, belligerence and hostilities for sure are going to be something that uh, was huge in this tournament. It's going to be huge in the next tournament, absolutely. Um, some other battle cards. I think um, uh, ones that actually, like, we're going to go a little bit off the question here, but battle cards that actually didn't really see a lot of play in this tournament that I expect to be a lot better in the upcoming tournaments is going to be cards like Fog of War, um, System Reboot, even like Computer Sabotage on the right deck. Because like a lot of the, the decks in top eight uh, were draw heavy decks, so like the Soundwave with the Fire Drive drawing a bunch of cards, uh, Menasaur who draws a bunch of cards, even like the It Works drawing a bunch of cards, uh, Hijack as well. Being able to hijack those draws, like, like Menasaur really struggles if he has like no hand. Like, Menasaur is, like, a monster until he has no cards in his hand. He's like, oh, I'm a wimp. Kind of like, maybe not a wimp. But, like, he's just like, what do I do? I guess I'll just swing. You know? And so, like, cards like Fog of War to bring your hand down to two. 
or even like computer sabotage in the right build to like if, if you don't know what that card does it's a wave one card that you play and your opponent has to scrap down to three cards in their hands that's big if they have like 10 cards in their hand that's that you're just you're making the discard down to seven and if you're playing a de another deck that also draws a lot of cards you could find that quickly and be like i'm gonna keep my hand of 10 you go down to three and we'll see how long this resource game lasts you know I think those are cards that are actually going to be really big in the upcoming tournament if we see a lot of Soundwave in Mana Storm. Yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel like the, obviously not us knowing too much about like what cards might stand out, but like no surprise. Um, obviously, ATP three is around the corner. Uh, Dave and me have our spoils uh, to do, which we're going to be doing later, and obviously we're going to talk about. Um, them probably in like what's coming out on our channel but um there's a few battle cards in there which i think are probably going to make some huge noise in this tournament scene what are your thoughts dave like there's some that are mad some very good cards yeah my two are really good um they're really good um and the awesome um the character the character i've seen that you're spoiling is rather good as well <laughs> thank you dan my battle card's pretty good too i won't lie <laughs> <laughs> it's exciting no I think it will change from tournament to tournament I think it's going to be interesting because obviously with newer cards newer characters it's going to be interesting like what we might see did anyone play Coneheads because Dave and me really like Coneheads was there any Coneheads in this tournament Christian if you know or yes there was, there was two one that was I think a little bit on the lower uh, end of the, uh, of the of like the standings but there was one that if they won their round 6 they would have made top 8 Wow, which is actually a really interesting deck from King Me Please on Discord. He played like a a more blue heavy. Oh, I like that. Uh, Coneheads list. Okay, and then it sided in it sided out Ramjet into Windsweeper with the Stratagem, which is That's so really cool pretty, to watch. Yeah. It was pretty spicy. It was pretty sweet to watch. Brave shenanigans with those two of Dirge and Thrust. That can be interesting. That's cool. That's really really cool. Yeah, I think this is Richard's final question, right? Or is there another one? Uh, that that was Richard's. We've we've got next up is Colin Perkins. This is, this is from Colin Perkins. It says, "What do you think the future of the is the future of the game? Crystal ball predictions for one, three, and five years from now." That's that's a really hard question to answer. Yeah, um, we we touched on it last episode, but like it'd be interesting because I think Dave's and my opinions won't change from what we did last episode. But it'd be interesting to see what Christian thinks on that. So I just want to give a quick shout out to Colin Perkins. He's actually a brand new player in Minnesota who like just started like a couple weeks ago. So it's it's pretty. I'm excited to see him answer the questions. And we've gone back and forth about the game a little bit now. Uh, this is a really tough like question to answer. I think I think the future of this game is going to be very person dependent. If you ask me, like it, there's I think the fan sets like. Uh, I think fan sets are going to come and go. There's going to be people that are going to come into the game. There's going to be people that leave the game, of course. I think there's going to be designers that may or may not stick around after they've made a couple sets. I think there's going to be designers that will stick around for the long haul uh, for those one, three, five years from now, uh, potentially. Um, I think, like, <coughs> excuse me. Like, I think it's going to depend on how you kind of want to play the game, right? Like, in my opinion, like, I know, like, like uh, you, Dave and Lee, uh, are very set neutral and you want to play all the sets that you can get your hands on that come out, and I think that's really cool, and that's one way to play the game. Uh, I know for me, that's very overwhelming. Like, I couldn't possibly figure that out because the main way I want to play the game is I want to play competitively, you know? Uh, I love playing competitively. I love the organized play. I love the, the brain-teasing, meta-predicting, and, 
outplaying and all that. And I think, like, uh, look, you know, looking at all the sets, the the ATP set is the one I focus on, like, mainly, like 90, 95-99% of my attention is going to be on the ATP set. Because they offer the tournament support, they have the tournament series. I really, really like how their cards are designed, um, and that's and but you know that's me, you know that's me focusing on one of the sets. I I can guarantee you, if you ask like like a hundred people in the Facebook group right now, they would all give like very different answers. And I think like that's going to be kind of like where the future of the game kind of resides, is like how people want are going to choose to play and like there's going to be different pockets of communities that really are going to gravitate to a certain form of play. Like, you know, we have this pocket of the competitive players playing in the ATP tournaments and the ATP sets. We have this, like, you know, the, the, like the Bayformers, like, pocket of, like, people who love cross-play, who still want to itch that competitive spirit, you know. We have the ARC that really love the thematic sets. There's, you know, there's even, like, you know, there's people making solo play modes. And I'm sure there's a lot of, there's there's going to be a lot of people that really enjoy that. And I think it's, it's going to be really interesting to see the future of the game unfold into how these pockets of how the game is played grow out. That's where I kind of see it predicted. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, totally. You know, for, for me, I just think, you know, this game will continue to be played as long as people keep playing it. And I agree with you. It's very overwhelming. There is so much fan created content, and it's really about choosing what you want as an individual to play. So don't feel like you've got to get them all. I get them all because I have a YouTube channel. You know, and I'm one, I'm, I'm one of the, you know, I'm one of the lucky people that is still able to play face-to-face -face because not everyone can do that. So me and Claire make a lot of content um, just to give people something to do because it is a, a tough time. And it is overwhelming, the amount of stuff there is. Um, but if you just, you know, if you just want to play casually, choose, pick and choose what you want. If you like the look of the ARC stuff, go and, go, go and print it. It's all free to print and play. Just go and get it, you know. If you like some of the ATP stuff, do it. If you want to mix and match, do it. But, it, you know, when it comes to competitive side of things, if you're going to play an ARC tournament, you play with the ARC stuff. And likewise, Alphatron Protocols, it's curated for that metagame. They're, they're not designing cards with other people's in mind. But just keep playing, you know, ultimately, if you want the game to survive, um, you know, if you're a competitive player, jump on board, play Vector Sigma tournaments, play the Alphatron Protocols qualifiers, play the time one, go for it. Um, you know, when we're able to meet face-to-face -face again, go to your local stores. They have suffered massively mm -hmm. um, yeah. in this, this turbulent time. You know, you think of, of how many people used to go to like the Energon Invitational, um, all these qualifiers around the world, not just Transformers, but they have suffered and every single game system has been impacted. And I've known local game stores have shut because of of the pandemic. So when they open their doors again, please, everyone, just go and play. Even even if they don't have product to sell, go there, buy a coffee, but you know, buy a sandwich. Just go and support your local game stores. Um, I think for me, that's the most important thing. Just keep that community spirit alive. Hundred percent. I keep saying this off our podcast, which is hilarious, but I will say it now. Dave and me are the NWO. <laughs> of the Transformers community. We have no alliances. We want to basically be the outlaws. We love everything that people do, and we just want it to be... We want to champion people, because at the end of the day, guys, 
think about it, you're giving up your time to create content for this game that no longer exists. Whether it be creating raids, creating cards, even like I've seen people just doing artwork to make like fancy playmats for people to use and stuff. That's super cool. Like you are giving up your time. That's amazing. And we'll always give you guys shout outs because hey, you're a part of the community. You just got to get in touch and let us know because there's some amazing sets out there that no one ever thought of like checking out. Like, dare I say it, Beast Wars. Beast Wars. Man, that set. I've been I've been looking at that set, Dave. We might need to have a throwdown, like maybe at some point. It's really it's fun. fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's really fun. It's fun. <laughs> like, and I, it's not a, it's not part of the the IP that I was ever a fan exactly. of. So for me, it, it's really like cool said, to play I've with that. I've watched a few episodes, and it's like I'm on drugs without taking drugs. It has not aged well. It's uh, it's like. No, milk, milk turning it really into has yogurt not. is pretty bad. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so no, but yeah, we'll always we'll always support it. And like, there's some exciting, cool stuff coming coming. Like seriously, guys, like having the opportunity to play test um, for for Alpha Trion protocols and other people that we can't mention at the moment is really exciting. And it's really cool that people out there actually, you know, spend time out of their day to listen to this podcast as well. It's pretty cool, and it's either you know impacting the game in some way or just going why are those two brits yelling about stupid things it doesn't make any sense but it's kind of nice to get the odd <laughs> message going you're doing cool like you it, it makes my day it's kind of rewarding because i haven't told dave this but i got a couple of private messages this week from people saying they look forward to our episodes because it makes their week less dur- like oh, it is awesome. especially in this time as well like they look forward to the shenanigans our shenanigans are cheeky and fun yeah i mean his shenanigans are cruel and tragic which makes them not shenanigans at all really evil shenanigans i swear to god i'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans there we go love playing that clip of what we're gonna say and like yeah the nonsense that we say but also like stuff they might not even know about like the fan create stuff like the raid stuff and stuff like that it's really cool like it's really cool and we, we want to be a voice in the community and we're going to do this for a long, long time. But sort of, you know, it's a good question here as well from Colin, you know, so, um, touching on obviously he's a new player, like you just said, Chris, and he's saying, how can we continue to onboard new players like me to maintain a healthy community for years to come? So, you know, I think this is a really interesting question, again, because uh, I'm sure my opinions on this are going to be different from even maybe even yours or other people's watching. I think, like, it is all about, like, I don't think, like, the, like, the fan sets, the tournaments, all that is very, is important, right? Like, it's important to continue the community, to continue that feeling of progression. But I think it's really up, like, the biggest impact is the players. Like, the players who aren't creating content, but are just experiencing the content. Continuously voicing how excited they are about the content, how much fun they're having with the, with the new content, with the... Even though the game is dead, like there's still an active community here. Like I think, um, like a big portion of that, like is con- like content creation um, has really kind of seen like a really low, like like a, like a surfacing recently in the community um, from like like anything, right? Like it could just be like life has just gotten in the way. Uh, burnt out from trans- playing Transformers. Uh, UK just can't meet anybody anybody there, you know. Uh, you know just the kind of characters leave you know just like that's a big portion of it like i think that's also kind of like a big portion part of like why i wanted to start doing the youtube channel again is like i thought content creation has felt a little empty lately i wanted to at least bring something to show people like i don't make the sets 
I don't, but I play in it and I'm having a good time and I want to share that good time with other people who may be interested. Um, I think it's really, it's really about the players sharing the, their excitement and experiences with, with the new people. Um, and I think like, and there's other things like you can do to kind of like outreach a little bit, like Cameron from Arbitrary Hero, uh, he's actually done a really, a really cool job in like going to like, like the people running the Transformers like conventions, like the IP conventions. Uh, and asking like, hey, can we run a tournament here through Octagon? And we then yeah, it's happened. Like I've I've played in two tournaments that uh, on Octagon that were from uh, like people uh, just from conventions. Like Vangelis has played in both of them. I played against that guy. Uh, I've played against new people that have never heard of the card game but love Transformers. That have played and actually stuck around the ATP community and learning the game. Uh, last Saturday uh, was Iacon. I played in that tournament that Cameron hosted. It's a really cool way to kind of outreach a little bit uh, to people who haven't heard of the game but love Transformers. Uh, but that's probably my opinion on that on that question there. Yeah, I I think I think it's healthy like to have so many like different content creators doing different things. Like I know for us, we we boldly say it hilariously at the beginning of every episode. Um, I know there's other podcasts out there. Um, don't get me wrong, but Dave and me just like to be loud and boisterous because we 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 don't pick sides or anything. So we enjoy we enjoy saying we're the one and only. <laughs> but there is there is other podcasts out there. But I believe we're doing it. I think not to sound rude or big headed, we're doing it more regularly because we want people to have stuff that you know they can just chill and listen to. And it's kind of nice that the community has embraced us as two loudmouth Brits that basically are just yelling about Transformers and championing people to do stuff and it's great seeing like even if you're not creating content like there's other things like i mentioned earlier like it's cool seeing people taking stab at card design it's cool people jumping on and saying like like yourself colin let's be honest like the game is dead but you've jumped in on the game when it's like no longer a thing that's awesome that's really cool to see because i know well it's an ongoing thing on our on our on this podcast that one of dave's friends left the game completely and then one set yeah, yeah he was and gonna one, leave and one yeah. guy came back because of one of matifer's cards from the arc you know it's super cool to have that and i think if we can maintain a healthy community for years to come i think it's very fun like i think obviously covid has stopped a lot of that you know facial interaction and hanging out because well let's just be honest christian says he's in your area i'm pretty positive if the covid wasn't around you guys would be hanging out playing transformers probably like face to face um, and when we, when we eventually get to that point we i think it's going to be exciting because even though we can go oh yeah i can go hang out with my friends again and face to face there's still now the opportunity of people who have invested money into webcam games and stuff like that to continue to do that like it's going to be super cool like yeah i'm 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 excited to go and play with my friends but also i'm excited to go a yell at dan on uh, discord and just have a laugh playing transformers and talking about hockey or whether it be like challenging anyone in testing and stuff like that it's been really exciting so i think that's a really cool way of continuing like the community to grow and just really just engage like i think it you have to make yourself in a, in a little way a little bit vulnerable so you can become part of the community like mm -hmm. i said last year before the game start like died i said i wanted to take a bigger role 
in doing stuff in the community like doing more tournaments doing stuff because the game was going really well then it all kind of went to a grinding halt and then see like what people were doing and it was interesting to see how many people scrambled into groups to like make cards and now we've got you know i call them factions just because i'm a wrestling kind of group background we've got like factions from like vector sigma uh, doing the atp we've got the arc we've got the bay formers we've got eddie we've got um dare i even say it randy with his never get tired of playing that clip and his set as well you know there's just so much good stuff out there you just need to look but also yeah you don't want to get overwhelmed so yeah the community is really healthy right now like it's just really freaking good it's super cool it is. what are your thoughts dave yeah i think for, for me like one of the big things is to keep new people coming in it's just to be inclusive and to and like christian's already said like he's he's met so many nice people through these tournaments just if you get someone new just nurture them bring them into the game um teach them you know i've got a friend of mine from my hometown who's a massive transformers fan he started watching my channel he started buying cars he's been buying loads of booster boxes it's a really good time at the moment because apart from wave five a lot of products are really cheap um and then you've got the fan set so you pick and choose what you want they're free to print you don't yeah i i pay for mine to be professionally done but you don't have to do that a piece of piece of paper and a printer <laughs> just you know you can make you make him play with really really cool super rares that aren't going to cost you like a hundred bucks you know yeah. i think um just just includes just just as a community we've got to be inclusive we've got to be welcoming and we've just got all sing from the same hymn sheet and, and just just promote the game for what it is and, and it's a really really good card game cool that was a great question that was a cool that was a good good couple of answers so right next question then dave Quizmaster. It's from Brian Blair. Um, it's kind of kind of um, along the same sort of lines, and we have have touched on it, but we can just reiterate on, on the points. It says, he says, um, as a seasoned tournament player, what advice do you have for people who are a little interested, a little in getting involved, but might be hesitant, either because they have little tournament experience or consider this, themselves to be more of a casual player? Yeah, like I mentioned before, uh, like early on in the cast, it's really like. It's really all about the mindset you have going in. You know, like, this is a tournament. There's people that are going to play to win, but everyone's still really nice. You know, you could even, like, uh, like these are an open tournament. They're supposed to be uh, a little bit bigger deal than, like, a local's, like, Saturday tournament. But you, as the player, can totally treat it like that. You know, you can treat it as, like, I'm going to go and I'm going to enter this tournament, and then for the next three weeks, no matter how I do... I'm going to play Transformers and meet new people and just start playing, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to be like a competitive mastermind to enter these tournaments. You don't have to have tons of experience. You don't have to been playing the game since wave one came out. You don't have to be doing any of that. If you're a casual player and you just want to play games and you think like the tournament, like entering a tournament is just going to be a really great way to forcibly meet new people and force yourself to play, play games because you have to schedule for a tournament then all the power to you. I think it's just, a, you know, again, it's just like the mindset that you have going into a tournament is the biggest, the biggest advice and just being comfortable knowing like I could go, oh, and like I could go, oh, and five, like I, I could lose every single round. But if you're just like out there playing Transformers and having a good time and meeting all the nice people out there, I, I don't see why that's a big deal at all. I think that's a good thing. Cool. So, yeah, that's what was, thank you, Brian. Um, uh, so next up is Jempty. Uh, which of the three ATP formats is your favorite and why? 
a good question and an easy to answer one, it's Titan 1 uh, by far. And kind of like what I mentioned to you, I mentioned this earlier, uh, I think from Richard's question. I just think, I think the Titan 1 format is definitely just the one that breathes the most creativity that players have access to. Like Full Constructed, I, I still really enjoy Full Constructed, but because of things like Sky Shadow and Quake and overall the power level is just much higher in Full Constructed than Titan 1. You don't see as many rogue strategies in tier 2 decks just like doing as well in Full Constructed as you do in Titan 1. You know, I think, and I love really seeing that diversity of like rogue and in the top 8 and all that good stuff. So I really love Titan 1 uh, for sure. It's such a such a well done and well maintained format in my opinion. Cool. I, I think it's one that w would appeal to me for the creative. I feel aspect. I like that, but I also think Junkion could be fun just because I like Jack and giving <laughs> life into characters that you don't normally look at because I hilariously. I'm bringing back a series that looks into that quite heavily um but it's just i feel like that format could be my entry to possibly playing a lot more of the format like i know for a fact a lot of my friends want to play the game but they don't want to spend the money on all the rare cards and stuff like this so it's a perfect jumping on point for them going like you can find all the commons and all these other things dirt cheap because they're like nothing and you can literally play this format with all your mates because it's literally a fun format. So this is from Matthew Young. He's asked a couple of questions. So his first one is, do you think the metagame has had a greater shift with the introduction of the ATP series? That's a hands down yes, right there. I mean, just going from Wave 5 to ATP 1 was just felt like night and day to me personally. Like, you know, Quake and Sky Shadow were still really good in ATP 1, but just the fact that I can play like, I don't know, I can play Wave 1 Jetfire. I can dust off Metroplex. I can dust off all these cool Wave 1 cards, Dinobots, and I can just play them again. Like, that alone has had just such an amazing shift in the metagame for me in the ATP series. And then ATP 2 just blew that out of the water even more. Like, just, you know, and I can only imagine, like, how, how like, wide the metagame is going to be once ATP 3 drops and all the stuff that's coming with that. Oh, I think people are going to get rowdy. There's some amazing stuff. Some stupid great stuff. <laughs> I think it was an important breath of fresh air, wasn't it? I think it's what, what the format needed. And it did exactly what they, you know, as a design team wanted to do. And that was reinvigorate old cards. It was great. Yeah. I, think I, think, it. I think it's great. Because you know, if you look at it as a design aspect from like the outside looking in, first set, let's make some stratagems, make some characters that aren't that great, make them playable or like tier god amazing. Jetfire, just saying is all... And then with 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 set two, cool. Now we're now we're comfortable with strats. Let's let's add some battle cards. Let's add some cards to a format that we're building. And then also let's build some characters. Let's let's dabble into some character design. Oh look what came out of that! The Coneheads. I will always thank the guys at Vector Sigma for Coneheads. Thank you so much. Those guys are incredible. They're so much fun. And like we say, like we can't really talk about ATP three, but. I think everyone's going to freaking love this set because of the stuff I've playtested and I know what's possibly coming out. I'm super excited and I think they've nailed it out of the park with some of these cards. Like, super nailed it out of the park. Right, Dave. So this is the last one. This is the last question. So also from Matthew Young. This is, how did everyone first get into Transformers and what were your expectations when you first got into the game compared to current expectations for the game? That's a great question. That's a great that's question. A, that's Go a on, big question. That is a good one. We know what happened with you and your crazy brother. 
and yes, well, spending spree. Can we ask how much was spent, or is yeah. that too personal? Is it three figures? I mean, I'm. Oh, easy. Okay, like, okay, okay, it's three figures. Okay, I'm gonna, that's fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put some people on the spot here, especially my brother, <laughs> since he asked the question. My, my brother is. Uh, he always says he is not the competitive player of between the two of us. He is much more the collector, and he definitely is. He's got a full-on set, complete set of everything. He's got the Lunar Bumblebee. I mean, dude's got it all. I mean, like, just the first time, like, I told the story about how we got into the game, and after we, oh my gosh, like, after we, like, we only had, like, there wasn't actually, like, a lot of packs in the game store uh, when we bought, all, you know, the bunch of packs, but we couldn't wait to get more. I mean, we went to obscure stores. Like, we went out of our way to go to Targets, to Walmarts. I mean, we probably spent, like, at least $200, like, within, like, three days on Transformers packs. It was unbelievable. And this is all Wave 1, so we were still just trying to crack everything from packs. Once, like, Wave 2, 3, and 4, and 5 dropped, we're like, let's just get cases. Let's drop, like, $400 on cases and just go on from there. I mean, I mean, even uh, Matthew just recently finished off his uh, his set of uh, all-out attacks and tandem, tandem targeting system, about 50 bucks each, and he spent on wow. a copy of each of those. So, we've, we have a lot of money in this game. Uh, I don't think my, my wife is watching this, but you might need to put, like, a wife alert, uh, like, before this discussion. Okay, I'll, I'll, it's flashing on the screen. There's a little bit of warning alarms, <laughs> alarm bells going on, so just for you, Matt, if you're listening or anyone, you know, this is the part where... You know, you got you turn it down a little bit. I would say just maybe put your headphones yep. in. <laughs> I mean, I think I think Matt alone has opened like nine boxes of Wave Two. Wow, that's a lot. Over the course of the game, and like at least eight. No, nine. I'm sorry, Wave Five. Nine boxes of Wave Five. He ended up getting. That is that is a lot. That it's is still a lot. It's still a lot. It's becoming like gold dust now. Wave Five is really hard to get. So, Dave, do you want to go first or me? Oh no, we haven't even talked about the current expectations. Sorry, Christian, for cutting you off. Oh, Sorry. You're, you're yeah, like, it's a two-parter. It is. Two -parter. I, I kind of missed that. So, okay. Expectations obviously getting into the game. I thought it was going to be dumb at first. Hot biscuit. I loved it. I was all in. Uh, but, I mean, current expectations, I'm, I'm still all in on the game. You know, I I expect the game to actually, like, like you know, we had that dip of, of people leaving the game and, like the, like, the communities and all that when the game, like, died. But I think we're gonna see like a slow rise and increase of, of people playing the games and like kind of like what you said like an influx of like you know like the faction type uh, community I guess you could say I, I mean I have I have pretty high expectations for the game I think people really love this game I don't expect this game to go away anytime soon yeah I can go I've, I've told the story of how I got into it many times but um, expectations my expectations were, oh, I had zero expectations when I, f when I first heard about the game, because I didn't start playing and collecting until Wave 3. I had zero expectations. I was like, oh, no, they're shiny, they're nice. Oh. I, was on, I was on holiday, went to see my mum. Bought a starter deck and four boosters, cracked General Megs and Captain Starscream. I was like, right, I'm in, this game looks cool. I've got shiny Decepticons. They were rubbish, but that was, I didn't know that at the time. And just, my, my expectations were just to hang out with my friends more and play more games. And as we, we started to play games in, in, in our local store, Dark Star Gaming, um, we got some new people in, uh, converted some Warhammer players. 
Um, look at these. Oh, that looks good. I like Transformers. Here, have all our commons that we don't need. Come and play with us. And just, you know, um, we, we kind of grew that little community here. Um, I think everything really changed when, when I started to do content. And over the last year, obviously, getting to meet Lee and everyone else, um, my expectations changed as to what I wanted to achieve. Um, I just want to give people something fun to watch. We're not the best players, but we enjoy playing. Claire is actually quite a good Magic player, a good Keyforge player as well. Um, so my expectations now are just to keep engaged with the community and keep enjoying the game for as long as I possibly can. Um, one of the things I want to do on my channel is... I don't know if you guys, I, th I think I mentioned it in some, some messages to you earlier today. Um, TTS now has a really good Transformers mod, which actually I think surpasses Octagon, which is a shame because Octagon was the platform of choice for a long time for people online, wasn't it? Um, but I'm looking at doing, like, like leader with the Deck Tech Challenge, but I'm going to have like guest appearances on, on the Hustlers. Um, we're going to record probably via TTS. And we can do formats of choice. So, Christian, if you want to come on, we can. You can beat me to death with your ATP decks. <laughs> we can do some ATP action on the hustlers if you'd like to be a part of that, man. I'd, I'm done. I'd, you know, that's my expectation. I just want to keep playing. Um, I'd like to see interesting sets coming out, um, an interesting tournament formats, variants. You know, we've had a solo play drop this week from Wreck and Roll. That looks really cool. Um, that's something that people can do. If you're not comfortable in playing in a tournament, you can sit down and play a um, solo play raid sort of thing. So, you know, that's what I want. But yeah, listeners, if you want to come on the channel, I'm probably going to do like one episode a month um, and get some 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 fresh meat into the grinder. Well, I'll be the meat and it's a bit getting ground up, but you know, <laughs> just get people on the channel. Fair. Yeah, fantastic. So... Everyone knows our story of how we got into Transformers. So, blockbuster video, then card games, living the dream. Uh, expectations. Um, I want to play small robots that combine into a big robot and then realize some of them are crap. And then kind of going, why? How on earth is this big thing that looks incredibly amazing? Poop. And then, um, yeah, uh, Metroplex happened. And then I smiled from ear to ear and relived my childhood of just big giant stompy robots stomping over everyone and it was amazing um compared to my current expectations now i love where this game's at i really like i think our podcast speaks for itself we we have so many guests on that are creating content that are big in the community that want to keep this game alive and we want to champion those people like dave hilariously said it there there is a solo mode and i've already told brian i filmed it and it's coming out probably before you hear this podcast and guys it's incredible like i run omnibots against it that's how mad it is that's and so cool it's super cool i'm not gonna lie um in the review obviously i talk about maybe tweaks and whatever but it's super cool and it's super cool to see these new things that are coming out of like people's ideas like with brian's idea that he's already made just for a solo play, for example, I can see other people running along with that idea and stuff, and it's exciting. I think the game is in such a great place. Like, I think this episode has really encaptured 
what Transformers is. Like, Christian is a competitive player and he loves the whole tournament scene and you've got like a really cool insight to what a tournament is like. And you've got the filthy, hilarious casuals in Loudmouth Lee and Dave. Like, <laughs> seriously, you, you can just see like how great this whole community is. And it's only going to go from strength to strength, which I'm super looking forward to. And heck, it's going to be a ton of fun. Like, and we're only at the beginning of this year. Holy cow. This year's going to be wild. I can already tell. Like, this year's just going to be insane. Yeah. Like, it's going to be so good. It's going to be incredible. And hopefully, Matt, you're along for the ride because, you know, hey, Christian says you're back. So, uh, yeah, better better keep up those appearances, be. bro. Yeah, he better be. <laughs> he better be now. Yeah, you know, it's true. So... I think that's it, isn't it? That's the last question, right? That was the last question. So thank you, everyone. Holy you know, cow. Thank you. This is, again, it's a beast. Wow. It's a beast. It's, one, it's, it's beast nearly one o'clock in the morning here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is. It's... I know. We're rebels. We're, you know, this is what we do for you guys. We put ourselves through hilarious... Well, to be honest, the Islanders are playing, so I'm going to be watching a little bit of that before I go to bed. Uh, but before we end this podcast, it has been a marathon. I just say... That's what you're. That's what you listen to. I th- I feel like our demographic is not everyone in England has four hour or seven million hour commutes. I think our demographic are really appreciated of this in America because they literally drive yeah. everywhere. So that's fantastic. It's true. It is true. Um, but yeah, let's um before we end the cast, let's see what people are up to. What people have got coming out on the channel, or what they're up to. So Christian, what have you what have you got coming on? Because you said you were going to be doing some more YouTube stuff. I know you're kicking about play testing and stuff like that. What uh, what's uh, what's happening you uh, with you uh, in the next uh, forthcoming couple of weeks? So me and Matthew, we got some video ideas that we're going to be dropping onto our channel here. Hopefully, fairly soon. I I want to do more uh, meta coverage for the Alpha Tron Protocols tournament series. Uh, full constructed tournament. There's a a, uh, another like uh, a group that's hosting tournaments, the Eye of the Matrix, uh, from the guys over uh, in Malaysia. They are, uh, or I'm sorry, Singapore. They always get mad at me when I when I uh, <laughs> uh, get, say the wrong one. I probably did say the right one, then said the wrong one. Uh, but uh, they host a tournament series. That this time they're actually going to be hosting an ATP full constructed tournament, uh, which is super great. Uh, so I want to drop a a tier list video for ATP2 full constructed for here pretty soon for people to get like a, a good idea coming into who haven't really played the ATP2 sets before in the Alpha Triumph Protocol uh, series tournaments what to expect um, me and Matthew we play in tournaments together we have tournament reports coming up here soon for this tournament specifically where I go more in depth of the deck that uh, you saw on this podcast that I played uh, changes to it what Matthew ended up playing uh, more exciting stuff there, and of course we have we may have some uh, fun stuff for ATP three uh, that we're going to be dropping on the channel here in a, in a coming yeah, week or two. So look out for that. Look out for nice. that. Character or battle card? Both. Oh Ooh. boy! <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, guys, that's some good stuff. Like I know Matt's been a huge part of testing, and I've I've dabbled in testing a little bit more. There's some exciting stuff in this wave. I'm yeah. excited to see what you got. I'm really excited to see what you got. I think you'll I think you'll be hype. I think you'll be hype. Nice. Get the hype going. Yeah. So if they wanted to check out that channel, what do they have to uh what do they have to type in on the YouTube to get those subs up? What do they have to do? Okay. You know what? I'm glad you asked, because this is a little specific. You have to type in blue versus orange space TCG. 
because I didn't type it in right when I first made it, and people were like, I can't find your channel. I'm like, you just type in Blue Version Orange CCG. You need the space, or else you'll never find it. <laughs> so it's, it's the space bar, not the word space, just letting you guys know. Just the space yep. bar. <laughs> You need to hit that space bar, or else you'll never find the channel. Yeah, you never will. But yeah, let's get let's get Matt's uh, let's get Christian subs up. Come on, let's get everyone. We're champion everyone subs because Dave just got over a hundred. It's amazing and increasing. It keeps going up every time. I, I see know it. it's it's it is Hot going biscuit. up. Like like it's 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 quite quite humbling, really. Um, it is, man. For, for for me, um, yeah, like yeah. Obviously, subscribe to Christian's channel. Like your meta analysis was really good. I really enjoyed watching that. Um, Thank you. So yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It, it, you know, like you say, you go in depth into the different archetypes and where you kind of rank them and that as well, which I think is really cool. Like, because there hasn't been a lot of that for quite some time. So yeah, I think it's a, really. A, um, a really really cool thing that you're doing there. Thank you. That the kind words, greatly appreciated. Yeah. No, it's credit where credit's due because it it's good. So. Hundred percent. Lee, what have you got coming up? God, there's so much. Um, so, um, solo mode. Um, super excited. Uh, Brian from Wreck and Roll uh, released a solo mode. Uh, he teased it. And then I was like, oh, this looks really cool. And then the next day he dropped it and wanted feedback. And I was like, dude, can I just make a video? Because I'm really bored. Like, I really want to make a video at some <laughs> point. Because I, love, I loved my deck tech. Don't get me wrong, but everyone knows, everyone knows my, my, when it comes to deck profiles, I, I have a butcher words or say things that don't make sense that get immediately errated in the comment section which i love and i love all you guys for telling me that um but i really wanted to get some gameplay on the channel because it's been a while like it has been a while since doing something cool so um expect shiny shenanigans of production values on it guys because yeah it's a ton of fun to play i recommend going out and getting that it's really fun uh, I'm also editing episode two of Imperial Assault. I know Dave is a huge Star Wars fan. Christian, are you a Star Wars fan? I am not. My brother, Matthew, though, he okay. is a, the Star Wars fan. Well, fans. Matthew, if you're listening, and anyone else who likes Star Wars, go check it out. The first episode was amazing and a ton of fun to do. The second one is even more brutal because we have a very famous carpet that shows up in the scenario and basically wrecks house. Like, I did not expect him to do as much as he did in that episode. It was fantastic. Uh, obviously, we've got the podcast coming out, which is great. Um, but yeah, it's 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 all go 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 here, Dave. It's never a dull moment. Like this week is kind of fun because I've I've recently left my old job and literally within a day of unemployment got hired and starting a new job in a forthcoming couple of weeks. So it's kind of funny Damn. how my employment lasted twenty four hours. Like that was <laughs> like the quickest turnaround ever. So, yeah, I'm going to have some fun stuff coming. We've got um, other podcasts to look out for, because obviously if you're downloading this on the Podbean, I'm doing a collaboration with my good friend Jess over at uh, Rolling Across the Pond, which is a D&D podcast I'm a part of. Uh, I'm going to be doing a collaboration with him. I'm going to be GMing a series uh, linked between his, his, uh, his uh, obviously, audio medium and my YouTube channel and stuff. We're going to be doing a, a role-playing uh, campaign of Tales from the Loop. So if you guys don't know what that is, that is basically think of every 80s movie meets the X-Files meets Stranger Things. It is awesome. Like, it is hilarious. And everyone knows my imagination is crazy, so expect some fun stuff from that. And it's really cool to play role-playing with people who haven't really done it before 
and are really enjoying this time of COVID to try out stuff they've never done before. So it's a really cool cast. It feels um, like you're in a base. The base way of describing it is like you're listening to a radio show because you've got sound effects going on. You've also got music. It feels you're definitely immersed in that cast. Just saying is all. Um, so that's coming out on the audio medium. So, guys, I want to thank you both for joining me again, especially you, Christian. Thank you for making Living Weapon work, bro. You're amazing. Absolutely. Keep up the good work. Thank you for, for coming on, spending a few few hours with us. Uh, we would love to have you on in the not-too-distant future. It's kind of exciting that you're going to be doing tournament breakdowns, so we can just basically point people over to your channel. So that's amazing. Yeah, Christian, thank you again for coming on. Much appreciated, man. Thank you for having me. I had such a blast with you guys. You guys are you guys are a good time. You guys are a good time. I'm glad to be here. I would love to be on again whenever you need me. That's Sweet. for sure. Yeah, awesome, definitely, definitely, man. We'll, we'll love to have you back. It's, it's been really, really good fun. It's been really nice talking about the tournament scene because it's not something I've really touched on that much within what I do. So it's really cool to have that that insight and obviously um, your expertise and knowledge of this particular format is is, is really good. And, and congratulations for for winning with the living weapon. Yeah, you know? dude, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think I've got anything else really. Um, just yeah, if you want to come on the hustlers, let me know. Yeah, that's an open um, invitation. Just more. We've got some more battle reports. We've got some more. I've got I've got my first octagon recorded match coming out Saturday. Ooh, exciting! Who did you play? I played my friend Dylan, who I met through Discord, uh, Blues on Attack Discord. Um, shout out to he's Dylan from up, up shout north. Shout out to you, Dylan. Yeah, shout out to Dylan. Dylan. Yeah, he's he <laughs> he um yeah he came on and that was good fun. Uh, so editing octagons different to editing live action, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, got, we got. Hopefully, our cards will arrive from yeah, Hong Kong. Yeah, dude, I'm so excited to play. Finally. And then, then, then you, then you can have some more things. Yeah. We can have, we can have combiners that aren't miscut, and some crossovers from Eddie Set. Well. Oh, so that's, that's what I'm up yeah, to. Yeah, we forgot about those. My two favorite things yeah, in the world. That's something else we got to. Do. Oh, more content. Speaking of more content, guys. Thank you for downloading this uh, podcast. It's much appreciated. Thank you for watching on the YouTube. If you're watching on the YouTube, please leave a like. If you really enjoyed it, subscribe. Subscribe is always great. Go check out Christian's channels. There, His link's in the description. Go check out Dave's channel. That's also in the description. Uh, if you're on Podbean, hey, thanks for the download. Leave likes on like iTunes, all those stars and stuff. But no, we're, we're, we're always um, grateful from Dave and myself for people to just download or even watch our uh, lovely podcast uh, if you want any questions obviously we post them in the facebook groups even if you don't have facebook and stuff like that i know i've been getting messages from people on youtube privately saying how can i get your questions and stuff leave them in the video of like this episode and whatever and yeah. we can answer them leave them yeah. in the comments so i think we've got to do our traditional goodbye i wonder if christian knows our traditional goodbye so we'll drop him right in it so it's a goodbye from me lee what's well, a goodbye from me christian and a goodbye from me, Dave. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you on the next episode of One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall. One shall stand, one shall fall.